Rowena Dooley asking Seoul citizens to report for duty. Gonna, we're just going to do a short distance, uh, short distance quantum travel. So we actually do allow. We have two kinds of quantum travel in 3.0 and beyond. One is a long distance one, like the one we went between Arc Corp and Hurston, between major celestial bodies. And then we have short distance quantum travel that allows you to navigate around or circumnavigate um, large celestial bodies. So, like here, we're just going to come much closer up to uh, a uh, the kind of sort of low, low orbit gateway into, uh, into Hurston. So I'll let Glenn take us down with his consummate flying skills. Head up towards Hurston. Uh, you can actually see in the distance the the big Hurston dynamic. It's sort of like the Tyrell building from Blade Runner. So that's the main uh, area. And actually, when you land in Hurston, that's where you're likely to land. And it has all these beautiful uh, shops inside, and it's all nice. But the outside of it's all kind of smog and factories and polluted air. So let's sort of fly up through. And again, uh, Lawville's built using using the same tech. It's a different kind of building set uh, for a lot of it, but it's using the same sort of distribution tech that we do uh, to, to to sort of build out a city at a, a realistic scale for the for the ships that we have in the games. That, you know, which is kind of important for our game because we want to have everything feel real, visceral, tactile. And you can sort of appreciate just the sheer scale of these planets because, you know, off in the distance, Hurston didn't look very big, and now we're flying through it, uh, and you know, it's uh, you know, these are pretty tall, big buildings. So let's, let's sort of head to the uh, outskirts um, outside the city because we want to sort of give you a sense of kind of 
what it's like in the ecosystems outside, and then also the sense of scale that you get. Because uh, you know, when you're flying around, you're moving pretty fast. I mean, we're flying at uh, you know a pretty uh, fair clip relatively. I don't think they'd like you flying around, uh, say Frankfurt at this speed, just above it. Um, but to give you the sense of being able to you know fly over a planet and then get down on the ground, it's all seamless and also all the details. So we'll just go out here beyond uh, the main city areas and uh, find a landing spot. one that's not rock. There you go. So here we are, we're down on the ground and you actually can sort of see the large uh, structures off in the distance which maybe didn't look so big when we were flying over them, but really actually are quite massive. Um, and this is kind of like the kind of tundra area outside Lawville. Um, and let's... Uh, let's go for a little run. Living places that feel visceral, that have their own identity, you know, when you go to Art Corp or you go to Hurston, they feel totally different. Uh, you know, they match with the sort of story and the history and the law, and they feel tactile. They feel like a place that you could visit, a place that you could go and tell stories of, and take uh, you know pictures of, or share for your friends. So someone's conveniently left us a knot. So we can use that to get a bit closer into the city. So here we're sort of coming to the outskirts of one of the city, the uh, factory areas of Lawville. And again, we just have the beginnings of sort of our MPC population system. So some of the other stuff besides the interior procedural stuff is, uh, you know, uh, longer term, we're working on sort of a background crowd, crowd simulation system, a traffic simulation for ships coming and going in the background. Uh, yeah, that's, the knock says it's our little physics bugs going on. Um, 
Then we have foreground NPCs that would be like mission givers that have their own full schedules and stuff like that. Um, but all the places will get populated and feel uh, like they're full of life. So you'll have a, you know, like I said, the whole goal is to have 90% NPCs to 10% players in the universe. <coughs> and when you come to a place like Lawville or a place like ArtCorp, it has to feel like, you know, it has millions of people in it because these cities are of that scale and that's sort of what we're used to. And so we're working very hard to build background systems to be able to do that, scale it, create them on demand and create a you know, realistic feeling location on whatever planet you're visiting. So as you can see, there's the Hurston Dynamics uh, you know, main building off in the distance. So it's a, uh, you know, again, that gives you a sense of like the scope and the scale of the city really is uh, compared to what we're doing now. And as I said, one of the things we're working on is fauna. So, uh, so these are the first. These are the honey, the cyclopods, uh, honey crabs. So they're little scavengers on um, Hurston. And there's quite a few other things that we're going to have on Hurston. We'll do it. Um, but in the, you'll have them running around and a bunch of other ones. But there you go. There's. There's Lawville, there's Hurston. And greetings, greetings. Welcome back to Soul Citizens. I'm Griffin Gaming RPG, and I'm here today with my good friend and buddy and colleague and co-host, the man himself, Colossal, resident hey. of Hurston. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the show that's going to give you the best that's part of the Staten system. Y'all uh, don't know. He had his tissue out. He was, he was wiping his eyes. <laughs> he was wiping his eyes during the video. He remembers when we first got uh, that video. Um, uh, you know, it, it's funny. I was looking at some of the things, Colossal, some of the comments and things that people were saying in chat. And even now watching this again, when I did this video, I had to chop it down because it was much longer because, as you know, it was part of Chris's keynote at CitizenCon in 2017. So I just tried to take some of the highlights of it, but it was interesting. Next week, we're doing a show called Star Citizen Visions, Dreams, and Reality. And the idea of that is talking about how this development process, and this video is a great example of it, of how when we first hear about something, we see the dream. And then, you know, there's the vision rather of what we want to see. Then there's the dream that the players come up with, but then there's the reality it's a combination of the vision and the dream that we get in the end. A lot of what we saw in that video, we never got in the game in the very beginning. You know what I mean? There was a lot of stuff there that even the locations and stuff really weren't in the game. And I remember when we first got Lorville, we're going to talk about Hurston overall, but I really want to talk about how did you feel the first time you went to Hurston? Because, you know, all we had was Port Olisar. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're told about this planet and this this uh, landing zone called Lorville. What was your feelings about it when you first went there but do you want the truth or do you want the honest truth i oh, mean which one well you, you can want? share you can share both you can share this you can share I the mean, one side or the other side or you can share both give me your thoughts all right so the, so the truth was when, when we first when hurston first came out when hurston <laughs> was just a planet and we know everybody tried to get there and tried to go through and you yeah. you went through the planet right mm -hmm. but then when it actually came into fruition where we can actually land on the planet that's when i thought that the tables have turned yeah um, that, that probably was the first time in a long time that I felt the tables have turned. I felt that there were certain people, 
um, I'm not going to name any names here, um, who uh, uh, put a spike, uh, who, who basically had a lot of, uh, you know, mm -hmm. animosity towards the project. Right. And I felt that this threw them off the rails. Yeah. I felt that this was enough. We mm -hmm. turned the tape, we turned the tides, that this right here knocked off all of that foolishness yeah. with those people who were the leakers, who were the deniers and, and things like that. I felt that all the conspiracy theorists were dead when mm -hmm. Hurston came out. No, that, that's, um, a great, that's a great point because Port O, we were in a very limited space when we were at Crusader, right? Because you just had the moons selling right. uh, and ye yellow and stuff like that. But that very first time where we took that real serious, was it a quantum jump, right? right? And when we saw the planet, I mean, like right now it's in retrospect, it's been, you know, it's five years since this video or six years since this video. But back then, like you heard people cheered, right? I mean, it's kind of hard. It's kind of like if you weren't there, you know what I'm saying? It's like, if you weren't at the first Star Wars where you stood in line, you know what I mean? It's kind of like if you right. weren't there when this happened, right now we look back on it and we go, you know what I mean? But there was a lot to that when it happened. And Hurston was where, as you mentioned, this was like a big technological leap, right? A, a planet, because we couldn't go on Crusader. Crusader was just this picture out in space, but we could go onto Hurston. Right, which was really cool. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said that we had two truths. What was your other truth? <laughs> well, like I said, the, the first truth was the fact that um, you know I, I I was really really amazed and I uh, and I was really really happy. The other truth was I was glad to see that those people who were the naysayers, especially those who once at one point in time worked on the project, yeah. were uh, we we said bye bye. Yeah, that, that, that's that's what Hurston felt like to me. It was like this person no longer has these people who no longer yeah. have validity. Bye bye. We've turned we've turned the corner. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's that's my other truth. No, I, I dig it. I, um, I know when we was listening to Chris's when he was speaking at the beginning, and he and I think everybody, not just Chris, but everybody, when we first yeah. flew into Hurston, the first thing you thought about was Blade Runner. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, it, it. You could see the influences there, and you know you were excited. Um, but it's funny when I watched the video this time when I was putting it together. Like I said, I noticed the fact that. Um, you know, the guy, the dev was flying through the buildings and everything. And I remember we wanted to be able to do that, but then they had that big shield over the city. So you couldn't fly down where the buildings were, which was right. a bit frustrating, right? But we have seen the evolution of the tech where now we can do that, right? right. Um, and that's why I'm saying, you know, I, I think that, you know, there's this idea of what the vision is. And, and, and sometimes I wonder if it's always good that they give gamers the vision because we don't realize that in order to get to these certain places, and I know when we get to later in the show, we're going to be talking about Lorville 2.0, but you know, nobody, you know what I mean? We, we didn't get the whole idea of what Hurston was going to turn out to be. You know, in fact, we, you know, we, you know, you and uh, our, our good buddy, Nice, we always joke around and talk about how terrible Lorville is, but within its lore, and you've explained to me several things about how Lorville's designed. We're going to talk about it on the show and we'll get into the whole thing with the other moons too, but there's a lot of work that's gone into creating the lore behind that place. And we're going to get into the, why it's called what it is and everything else that's involved with it. So if you guys, for those of you who go to Lorville, um, yeah, it needs replicants. I know access. That would be, that would be the thing, right? Uh, I still want to know one thing though, Colossal. Chris said, yeah, when you go there, there's going to be all these gorgeous shops inside and everything. I said, where are them suckers at? They must be in the Hurston building. Cause they, <laughs> They not in what's that Metro Center? This the shops ain't all that elaborate yet. You know, I know it's coming. I know y'all got them fancy buildings in the inner part of Lorville, but you know, right now we see in the the kind of crumpy, crumpy places in there. 
Well, you know, there are certain jurisdictions and uh, you know, yeah. there's some people who are, I would say, alienated from other jurisdictions. Mm, yeah, I so, know. Yeah, you know, I know. When, the, when the central business districts uh, actually opens up its doors, mm-hmm. um, then you will see a lot of other things probably yeah. in the central business. For now, you can go ahead and enjoy Constantine and Gavin Hurston's rule over there. And, <laughs> yeah, and the common, with the common people, yeah, okay. And, and yeah. participate with the workers. Yeah, yeah. Call, class is calling y'all common. Commoners, y'all, when y'all, if you come to Hurston, because he's saying that the high end stuff is locked down. We can't get to that. Okay. Just so you'll know. All right. Well, listen, uh, today's show, as you guys can see, is uh, we're, we're starting a new series actually called the System Tour. And uh, we are going through each of the planets one by one based on how they've been released to us in the community, starting off with Hurston. And so we really wanted to kick it off Colossal is our lore guy when it comes to this particular planet in the system. He really has a passion for it. He loves it, uh, and uh, hopefully he'll give you some good information, maybe some stuff that you've never even heard. There's stuff I had to do my own research on, but I know he's going way deeper than I have. So it's just going to be he and I talking about it today. Um, but before we do that, we want to remind you guys that we um, are doing a um, charity fundraiser, as you see on the page, for St. Jude Children's Hospital. You guys have already brought us up to $1,272. Uh, our next goal is $2,000, and we would hope that you would consider donating to the cause uh, for children uh, and families at St. Jude Children's Hospital for our Play Live series. We're running it all the way through CitizenCon October 22nd, and we want to raise $10,000 total. So we are already kicked off pretty good. Within our first month, we have done pretty good, and we know that you guys are going to help us get there. So tell people about the charity fundraiser. Uh, tell people about the show so they can come check us out, and if they dig it, they can contribute too. And we'll do a little blurb on it a little bit later on the show. Um, Colossal, real quick, we had... Um, Virtual Bar Citizen yesterday. I know you got to stick your head in yesterday a little bit. You had meetings going on, but you had it running in the background. But we had a great turnout. We had two um, two different sessions that took place, four hours each. The whole thing turned into a 12-hour event because I think we started at 11 a.m. my time and we ended at 11.15 p.m. my time. Uh, but we had a great, <laughs> a great time last night. Um, and... Uh, uh, I hope next time you'll be able to spend more time because I, I always like when you're able to hang around and share some stuff with folks and any of our yeah, team yeah. members, you know, we had a I good mean, time. The, those events are always good events, though, because it's, it's all about people getting together um, and and coming together and sharing their different perspectives about the game, they even uh, even asking questions and possibly getting their questions answered uh, if CIG chooses to do so. And, and CIG does participate from time to time, and they've always participated. Um, uh, in, you know, I want to thank Griff and Fastcart, mm-hmm. uh, Soul Citizens, for going ahead and putting things together. We also had our partnership um, group from um, Yacht Club to go ahead and participate as well. Yeah. Um, I think we had about 300 plus from what what your numbers are. Registered. That, that we had oh, registered, yeah, registered. That we had yeah, registered. 309 people um, registered. And then you had, yeah. you know, and you had a lot of people that came and joined in. I, mm-hmm. I came in and tried to ch- try to join in uh, as as much as I can because you know IRLs um, mm-hmm. things happen. Yeah. Um, but based off of what I saw yesterday, there was a good turnout, a good feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'll get some disgruntled people here and there. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's just how life works. But at the end of the day, um, it, what a what a great opportunity to get to meet other people that you may not have seen. Um, uh, you know, because of other reasons, and yeah. it was just nice for everybody to be able to get together Absolutely. and talk to each other and all commonality about CIG, Star Citizen, yeah. and the like. Yeah. yeah, we had folks from Germany, Japan, um, the UK, France, the States. We had somebody that was from, oh, is there some place down south, like in South America? I can't remember now, but we had a, quite of a international group this time around, yeah. which was really, really nice. We had a really good time. So thank you to all the folks who made it yesterday and had a great time. Hopefully we'll see you guys 
at the next one, whenever that is. <laughs> so let's go ahead and jump into this stuff about Hurston. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of readings today, guys, just so you know, there's a lot of information here. And, and believe me, we're not going to even scratch the surface of it. It's almost weird to realize how much information has been put out by the lore team uh, about the planets and um, just that whole history of Stanson alone has just got a lot, a lot of great information in it. So we're going to ask that you guys kind of bear with us. We're, we're going to give you links. FastCard's going to put the links in the chat if you guys want to follow along with some of the things. But there's some stuff that you're just going to have to listen and absorb as we go. Because, again, there's just there's just, just an abundance of information that we're going to be talking about with you guys. Um, as you guys see, Hurston, um, and, and as you guys know, it's our it, it's actually called um, Stanson 1. Yes, yeah, yeah. Stanson 1. Uh, and we can get into the whole history about Stanson maybe later on. Maybe we'll culminate it with that. Uh, but as you guys know, Stanton uh, is basically divided up uh, amongst different corporations and companies that decided that they would pay, literally pay, uh, to occupy these planets and then the orbiting satellites, the moons around them. So Hurston, as you guys know, uh, is, is Stanton 1, and then all of its moons are considered like Stanton 1A, 1B, 1C, and 1D. Uh, and so we're going to break those down with you a little bit later, but we want to talk about a little bit of the history, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the history of, of, of Hurston itself, okay? So just kind of bear with us here. I'm gonna read a little bit, we'll talk, and then we're just gonna kind of flow through this. Uh, Hurston Dynamics is a human weapons manufacturer, materials processor based on Hurston, Stanton One. They are the largest producer of standard munition warheads for military contracts in the United Empire of Earth, the UEE, as well as the third largest refiner of antimatter precursor. Hurston Dynamics owns the planet upon which it is headquartered. The company has frequently been criticized for its controversial employee contracts and its disregard for Hurston's ecology. Um, that's another thing too, Colossal. The first time you visit the planet, if you don't know this lore, it can be a bit disconcerting, right? When you travel outside of the city, you start flying around. Um, you kind of say, well, They've got this nice big glossy building in one part, but then when you get outside the town, there's a lot of just stuff scattered all over. You're almost kind of scared to dip your feet into the water out there, right? I mean, there's a lot yeah, going I mean, on. How is this city planted right here under all this mess, right? <laughs> you know, and it, 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 just like Griff said, it, it, there's a deep history um, uh, about this actual planet, um, mm -hmm. Stanton One. Um, you know, the Hurstons, uh, Hurston is a family, and they are an old, old, old family. Yes. Uh, very rich. Uh, I think, honestly, the Banu, will, the Banu would love the Hurstons because everybody thinks that, it, well, it, Hurston is based off of nepotism. Kind of, kind of, and not really. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, yes, a lot of people in, in, uh, in, in Hurston's hierarchy are Hurstons and were Hurstons and things like that, mm -hmm. but they weren't just your typical Hurston. They were the best of the Hurstons. Mm. Um, so and 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 Hurston Archibald Hurston um, uh, was one of the ones that really prided himself on that very very stuck up through guy Origin uh, would love him, um, <laughs> but uh, but he prized himself over uh, yes you could be a Hurston all you want but uh, what is your worth are you really good mm. at what you do and if you are then you are the one to be able to teach everybody else and, you, and we'll teach tell you about that because there's an actual scripture under under Archibald uh, um, uh, Hurston's um, um, yeah. memorial. To delivering just that. So Hurston is, is a very, very, very rich, rich, deep, deep history dealing with the family law. You need to understand the family law in, under, under, in order to understand how important Hurston is to the UEE. That's a good point. Good point. Good point. Let's talk a little bit about its jurisdiction, because this is another piece of gameplay that um, 
is not fully implemented per se in the game, but in, I know you've always, you've always encouraged folks. Who's that? Chu. Oh, Chu. Thank you so much for the community gifts up. We appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so thank much. You. And Ackerman, thank you for the follow earlier. I'm sorry. I missed you when you put that in. Thank you so much. And Abyssian, thank you for the, for the resub. I'm sorry. I'm just missing all the stuff that popped in here. Thank you guys. Um, Standing lower first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You you've always encouraged us and, and anybody that people need to pay attention to the Moby Glass and pay attention to certain items that are in there. You know, at first back in the day, a lot of this stuff was put in there as a uh uh what's it called? Um what is they call when they put something in there just as a, as a thing a to placeholder, placeholder, yeah. right? But they've been slowly implementing things and adding things that actually have begun to become a part of the gameplay, right? You know, not filler. <laughs> I died, Koji. I'm in, I'm in placeholder. Um, so one of the things is about the jurisdictions. A lot of players don't know that each of the planets, even though, you know, we're in UEE space, but all the planets have their own legal jurisdictions. And so what I want to do is read some of them. I'm going to read this paragraph and then read some of the ones and we can talk about them. Uh, While traveling within Hurston Dynamics governed space, be mindful that you are subject to not only UEE law, but to the local jurisdictional laws as well. If you violate local laws, even unknowingly, you may be expelled, fined, arrested, or imprisoned. Just like UEE military and advocacy agencies, local security personnel can require you to submit to identification scans, to establish your identity, conduct searches of your person and vessel, and detain you with due cause. Always obey the directives of, of, unauthor of authorized security personnel be sure to familiarize yourself with the jurisdiction's criminal activities and comport yourself accordingly. And, and there's a link there, FastCart, if you can drop it in. If you haven't already, I may not have seen it. I want you guys to see, because a lot of people don't realize that each one of the planets have their own, basically their own rules, right? Colossal, when you go there, there's, you know, you, you can't, there's some certain things you can bring, like contraband. There's different things you could do. Maybe you can get away with it over at our court, but you can't get away with it over at Hurston. Um, some of those things that are listed here are like, I think all of us have had this one, right? The failure to comply. When Hurston security forces tell you to stop and you don't stop that ship fast enough or you try to get away from them, 20,000 UEC is the fine, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That's the bad. Absolutely. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and Hurston's notorious for that. You know, everybody ask mm -hmm. yourself the question. This is where the violin comes in the background, start playing that sob song and you get puss and boots coming through those eyes. <laughs> ask yourself the question, folks. How many times have you been pulled over in the Hurston part of Stanton system mm -hmm. versus the Crusader part, right? Mm -hmm. If I've been to the Crusader probably 20 times, I probably got pulled over twice <laughs> over that Crusader versus uh, probably half the amount of time over that, over that Hurston. Why? Mm -hmm. Because Hurston security, the Hurstons take their security very, very seriously, especially with the type of weapons that they create versus over there with the lack of security over there at Crusader. So I just want to be clear yeah. on where the security is on the, on, the, on, the, on the Stanton system. Thank you very much. Everybody, those, those, hate, those haters about Hurston. So, nice. but see, if people don't know that, right? I mean, if they don't know that that's a part of the lore, you know, they get all frustrated wondering why they get stopped so much when they're over at Hurston. But there is some method to the madness, as painful as it might be. Um, some of the things that people have not had to deal with yet, Colossal, is trafficking of certain substances, controlled substances. They got different categories, category A and B controlled yep. substances, uh, trafficking of stolen property, which we haven't gotten into yet, right? We really haven't gotten to that thing of knowing what items are technically stolen. Right now we go to, like for example, we may go down to Shubin Mining and grab a whole bunch of stuff out of there, but there may come a time in the game where that would be considered stealing, right? And so 
Right now, we go fill up our ships. You and I were joking about this last night. Just go down there and stock up your ship put everything without paying yeah. for it. But yeah. we can guarantee y'all that it, it's not going to stay that way. It's not going to stay it that sure way. Is. You're going to just be able to walk into one of these research places and start taking their stuff. So I mean, let me help you out. You know, ahead. I mean, trafficking and stolen property, folks, $3,750, okay? $3,750, the AUEC dollars. Trespassing, second degree, $1,200. Mm. Unauthorized interdiction. Unauthorized interdictions, by the way, those of you, uh, um, um, pirates out there, seventy five hundred. We're talking about failure to comply. Twenty mm-hmm. k. Yeah. Twenty k. Yeah. Failure to comply. So you know, come come on over to Hurston and and, and do all the deeds. <laughs> They're gonna hit you up quite nicely. And the, the good thing is, you know, a crime stat one, you may be able to get in. Right. You know, crime stat two, you gonna get shot at. You gonna get shot at. So. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, you know, just it's 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 it's. I'm very happy with what CIG has done to go ahead and incorporate, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, at least uh, a phase one or a tier zero or whatever they want to call it. Right. Um, in terms of this crime stat, look at your Moby Glass guys. Go to the journal section. Um, uh, go to the other part of the section where it mm-hmm. goes ahead and tells you about all the type of jurisdictions that you go to, and you don't see the jurisdictions until you pop up in that part of the system. That's right. So as soon as you pop up at that part of the system, if you pay attention at the top, it says you're in Hurston security or something like some, mm-hmm. you got some type of a marker for that. And then you can go ahead and open up your mobile glass, go to that, and you can see all the jurisdictions that that part of the system and pertaining to Hurston has for you. Yep. So, so like you just mentioned about the class A uh, substances, slam, widow, DCR2. I don't think we have that yet in the game. And they've got what they call uncut slam. <laughs> then it's class B maze, which we know we've got neon. And uh, it's funny because Neon is actually in uh, is one of the cities that's named in uh, Starfield, which is which is interesting because it's supposed to be like right. the kind of well. Anyway, I, I, it's just interesting that they came up with Neon. And then Altruia Toxin, and then there's Class C, which is Edom. So you know, again, once we start getting into this thing of people wanting to do black market or trade or whatever the case may be, you're gonna have to be paying attention. Maybe it's legal when you left Microtech. But if you happen to go into Hurston space, and you don't have to necessarily go down to the planet, if you're in their controlled space, you can get stopped. And as they put it, you could even maybe get imprisoned, you know, high fines, whatever the case may be. Um, so yeah, we just wanted to kind of let you guys know that there's jurisdictions. Hurston is definitely to Colossal's point. They don't lock down over there, y'all. They don't play. Okay, so just kind of keep that in mind. That's right. Um, last but not least, we want to talk about their extent of influence. This is pretty straightforward. Hurston security forces and laws within its jurisdiction, which applies to within Hurston's gravitational sphere of influence, includes its four moons, Aberdeen, Ariel, Eta, and Magda. Um, and right now, I'm not sure, have you, and you have to forgive me because everybody has different experiences in the game. I don't know everything about the game, but I will ask Colossal this. Have you, do our security forces popping up at those locations from time to time? Yeah, I mean, I'm not talking about for missions. I'm not talking about like for missions. Yeah. I'm saying like when you get entered, you know, when you get stopped over Hurston, does that happen at the moons too? Because I don't know if it's happening. Have they it made that happen everywhere. Yet? It does. Yeah, it, happens, it happens everywhere as long as you and Hurston's part of the, uh, the Stanton system. It can happen even, uh, uh, I would say, you know, I've, I've, I've been stopped by Hurston security 
probably as far as 90,000 kilometers oh, out. Wow. Okay. Uh, as long as I mean, you could just be sitting there in dead space, maybe, maybe getting away, or maybe you just went ahead and turned off your quantum drive mm -hmm. just to go ahead and check up with something in your IRL and coming back. Right. And all of a sudden you see this white speck that come up on your radar mm -hmm. and it's, and it's, and it's Hearst's security. Yeah. So as long as you're in that area, I've been stopped in almost every part, even in a dead void of space, as long as you're in Hurston area, mm -hmm. you, you got a, you got a good chance of being stopped by Hurston security. Okay. All right. There you go, y'all. Way okay. to go, Gavin. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, that's what we're going to talk about in relation to that, just to give you guys a quick overview. And I'm and sure we're going to share more stuff with you, but we want to get into now the history. We opened up talking to you guys, telling you about how each of the planets was basically purchased by families or corporations. And Hurston is, of course, no, is one of those. Uh, tut Tut, thank you for the follow. Appreciate you joining up with us and watching us tonight. So let's go to, and a clap, this is all just going to make, y'all going to see Colossal Smile every time this stuff comes up, okay? Just to give you all the warning, all right? But this is Solomon Hurston. I will say this, I am truly, once again, impressed at the lore team, uh, the depth that they've gone into with the variety of, I'm going to say characters, personalities that they've created. And Hurston is definitely interesting here. So Colossal, I'll let you read that and you can talk about it. All right, so Solomon Hurston is the founder. Uh, he is the founder, guys. I want to be clear. He's the founder of Hurston Dynamics. Okay, uh, Solomon was around from 2438 uh, uh, until uh, slightly after 2488. Mm -hmm. By my records, he's about 50 years old. Okay, um, uh, it was his remarkable vision and unshakable dedication to family that continued to be the backbone of Hurston's corporation, uh, corporate ethos and an ongoing source of inspiration for all future generations. Uh, in 2438, uh, he was seizing, uh, seizing upon a unique opportunity. Solomon Hurston purchases a struggling laser uh, manufacturer on Earth and transforms it into what would become one of the most successful companies of all time, Hurston Dynamics. Uh, we'll tell you a little bit more about that particular history. In 2488, when Hurston pretty much, uh, Hurston had two sons. Um, and um, one of his sons did something stupid. <laughs> while he, <laughs> so he had to go ahead and, and, and pick up from that piece. Um, and he gave, uh, but 2488 Hurston basically did something uh, very, very good after leaving the company. After 50 years, uh, Solomon Hurston retires and leaves the company to his, uh, his second son, which is Isaiah. Uh, Hurston, this would be the start of the family dynasty that continues to this day. There are plaques in Archibald Hurston's Memorial Hall um, uh, uh, in Lorville. Um, so Hurston is pretty much, uh, Solomon um, uh, pretty much helped pick up the pieces of his family. His family's um, history was falling apart. They were losing money. Um, Solomon was able to come in there and clean up the act um, and took advantage of certain uh, 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 situations. Uh, there was a talk of war going on. And what Solomon did basically was he took advantage of the situation where when, you know when, when it comes to war, when there's war, then you need, uh, you need weapons. And the family that was uh, making weapons uh, Hurston, Solomon used it as an opportunity to go ahead and invest in that. He purchased, he bought out this company. He put all the money into making those weapons, thus getting UE, uh, getting, getting the UEE, or it's, it's a different name at that time, I believe, um, to go ahead and invest in the Hurstons. So it was Solomon Hurston that got the UEE to buy all the rights uh mm -hmm. into uh or, or to at least purchase all the weapons from the hurstons and that's how hurston dynamics came about that's how hurston dynamics was created and the hurstons um have, have never looked back at uh at not uh, at being the, the greatest producer of all uh, weapons uh for the ue 
I don't know if you saw it, but Reload, when you began your reading, he decided to declare uh, Solomon as the first Sith. I just want you to know that was his, uh, his definition of him. Um, but yeah, this is where it all starts with Solomon Hurston. Uh, and again, the depth of this is really great. I, I, we're not putting everything up, but we are putting the links here for you guys to be able to follow these different folk. Uh, and when you get time, please follow the lore, because as you walk through the city, you will start to understand why there are certain paintings and portraits why certain places in the city are even designed the way they are. Because you find out about the the reign or the, uh, uh, that's the word, the reign of the Hurston family uh, yeah. at, at Lorville. Okay. There is there is a ship named after him, by the way. It's the U-E-E-S Solomon. Solomon, um, really? So, yeah, there is a ship that was honored in 2638. Oh, wow. Okay. And and they are still considered, the, are they the top manufacturer for weapons or are they, the, is it, I read it as the third top manufacturer? I mean, you read that was the third. I, I you know, I can't, you know, confirm that or deny that, but mm -hmm. you know, it's it, the Hurstons are, um, you know, if they have, if anybody has the monopoly, it's the Hurstons. Okay. They have the monopoly in when it comes to UE dealing with um, a w large uh, weapon manufacturer, including antimatter uh, weapons as well. Okay. Cool. All right. Let's move on. We just talked about going down the family. I'll read this one for you and you can elaborate. Um, Isaiah Hurston, uh, from 2431 to 2504, uh, Isaiah Hurston was the second CEO of Hurston Dynamics. He inherited the company from his father, Solomon Hurston, upon retirement in 2488, beginning the family dynasty that continues today. What do you got to share about, uh, Isaiah? Well, Isaiah, Isaiah, I don't know, I mean, I mean, it's interesting spelling of his name. Um, I mean, he is the, uh, he becomes the second CEO uh, right before Ariel. I believe Ariel became the third uh, CEO. But he just basically continued uh, the, the, the legacy uh, of his father, increasing the profits of the Hurston, uh, of the Hurston family and leading on to his, pre um, um, he became the predecessor of, of Ariel Hurston. So it's not that much mm -hmm. about Isaiah. It's the, it's the fact, it's the, he, he does have a brother, but he's the better of the two because his brother led to almost a, uh, uh, Why don't you, you talk, know, the, talk about that a little bit because there was a little bit of a calamity that, that that almost failed the family basically right yeah i don't so, so i don't i cannot remember the name mm -hmm. of the brother i was shocked that i thought there was just isaiah mm -hmm. um but apparently there was another brother that was in yeah, there they don't even list him um, he's not on there's no painting on the wall of him <laughs> yeah he's not even listed as no painting on the wall basically um uh he he did something bad that basically caused the family uh caused a, um, a bad light and shed a bad light mm -hmm. to, the, to the family name mm -hmm. um and, uh, and and the father had uh, Solomon had to come in and and clean up house with that yeah. particular situation. So that's part of the reason why he never got it, mm -hmm. uh, or, or at least the, the, he never got the CEO ship because uh, Isaiah came in and basically, you know, um, kept the family name mm -hmm. moving forward. Solomon did a lot for the Hurstons to get to where they were mm -hmm. coming from, where they were coming from. That family was was in a decline, mm -hmm. and because of Solomon, um, it, it, it helped put uh, his family, his, his um, company, back on the map. And, and back in the lines of um, a good graces with the UE. Okay, very cool. All right. Uh, speaking of, you mentioned Ariel. Let's uh, talk about Ariel. I, I, you know, I would say the thing funny. I always thought when I saw the name, I, I don't know why. I don't know if this is one of those things where A is masculine and E is feminine or whether it was just, but when I heard Ariel without looking at the spelling, I assumed that Ariel was a woman. I didn't realize that it was a man. Uh, Ariel Hurston, CEO of Hurston Dynamics, who was known for creating the controversial life labor style employee contract 
Hurston's Moon Stanton 1A is named after him. Let's talk about that a little bit, Colossus, and if you can elaborate on the uh, life, labor, lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, so so I don't know if it's pronounced Ariel or Ariel. You got to be careful. There's two different pronunciations. Right, it could be Ariel. It could be Ariel. It could be Ariel. You're right. It I'm would thinking be. it's Ariel because most dudes I know with the name of Ariel, they usually call him Ari. Okay, A-R-I. Yep, yep, yep. So it's probably so, Ariel. So, yep. so it's probably Ariel. There is another Ariel, but that's A-R-I-E-L. Right. That's You're right. No, it's probably Ariel. You're right. Okay. Versus Ariel. You're so, right. So Ariel is, and, and get this, and let me go back to, uh, you know, Isaiah. Isaiah was 67 years old when he when he passed away, by the way. Mm-hmm. Solomon was around 50. Isaiah was, was 67 years old. I'm just giving you, so somehow the Hurstons have found the, 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 the tree of life because mm-hmm. they just, they're just some old people. Uh, Ariel comes in and he is uh, born from 2466. He died in 2537. He's 71 years old when he passes. Mm-hmm. Okay, he was the third CEO of Hurston Dynamics. Um, and he actually has a moon named after him um which is ario um and i believe that is the stanton 1a moon mm-hmm. um but uh he basically created the life labor uh <laughs> employee contract um there I, i'll tell you this much slavery is outlawed <laughs> right in the ue however there are four areas <laughs> in the uee that are questionable with slavery mm-hmm. and Stanton one is one of them <laughs> That one is one of them uh, because of this, this life labor style of employee contract. Um, uh, back in the day, uh, there were, uh, Stanton, because of what Stanton does, uh, Stanton, uh, I mean, uh, what Hurston does, Hurston has a bad reputation. The Hurstons have a bad reputation of working in poor conditions because of the type of weaponry they use and uh, I would say the lack of care they show towards their workers. Yeah, there's no so, OSHA, there's no OSHA, is what you're basically saying. And there's, there's no OSHA. <laughs> they pollute the environment. And the UE, and when they first got it, got started, they were starting out in areas where nobody wanted to live because of the harsh environment. So that's how the Hurstons were able to gain their reputation mm. as uh, uh, employees of harsh environments. And uh, but a worker shortage started happening, and the Hurstons started guarantee workers certain things. And as they were guaranteeing workers certain things, they were holding them to uh, a contractual requirement, such as um, w- w- which would guarantee them a job, but would guarantee them stay in that job, pretty much, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, those people couldn't leave. In other words, once they were on in, in that uh, area, once they assigned their lives away to that life labor style contract, uh, they were stuck on Hurston. So it was. It wasn't like indentured. Was it? I mean, was it kind of like a form of indentured servitude to a certain I, degree? I, 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 I would say all of that, but in, in, in the fact of you didn't uh, you didn't earn yourself in there, you kind of you know said, "Hey, I would like to do it because I can't find work elsewhere." Okay, and things like that and so forth. And the people didn't they weren't they weren't realizing that they were signing their lives over to work indefinitely. Okay, over there at Hurston. Okay, so this was a way to maintain um, employee. Uh-huh. Uh, it, uh, it was a way to maintain a work. Uh, it was a way to get work because there was such a, a, a shortage and the Hurstons used this as a way to guarantee that you will have a job. Okay. But behind the scenes, the, you know, the, you know, to read behind the lines or things like that, read mm-hmm. between the trees, uh, the tea leaves, um, uh, cost those workers uh, permanent workership uh, um, mm-hmm. in, in most cases. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's the, that's the reason why some people view this as slavery, mm-hmm. uh, but the Hurstons don't view this as slavery. They view it as these people signed their lives away and they're, right. they're happy all over workers and things like that. So we, we did it legally. Let me ask another question then. Um, are the workers there, I mean, I, I get that they're there by choice, 
But is there something that took place, and this is where I, and maybe we're going beyond the scope of what this topic should be, but was there something that happened that drove people to work there to take on those contracts? I mean, obviously those contracts are a bit heavy laden when it comes to labor. Uh, I'm just kind of curious as to what made people sign up. You know what I mean? Or Because it seems like it wasn't like it got that way over time. It's like it's always been that way with the Hurstons. They've been very, you know, business oriented. Workers, they look at people as workers, right? And that's it. You know what I mean? They, 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 it's not like they have some charitable attitude toward their workers. They, their attitude is pretty cut and dry. You sign the contract, here's your, here's your plastic bag, get to work. You know, <laughs> that seems to be right. the general theme. Yeah, I, there was a, a certain time period um, within that time that um, uh, the UEE uh, was struggling with workers. Okay. Um, and the Hurstons took advantage of that. And this is one of those programs that was pioneered by the Hurstons to garner its workers. Okay. Um, I cannot remember the logistics behind some of the things, but you had, you know, you, had, you got the Tavarin War that's about, that's that's happening around this time period. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, you know, uh, that's, it's about to happen, about to get there, because we're going to talk about um, other people like Ida. Mm -hmm. um, you know, she didn't survive long. Right. Um, but uh, th these types of, of events were happening. You got altercations that's happening, that's about to happen or, ha or has happened with the Tavarin mm -hmm. um, that's starting. And, uh, and now you, you have war uh, in, in, in the loom. Okay. And so the hearses just basically took advantage, created a program that allowed them to bring in workers mm -hmm. um, and not just bring in workers, but keep them uh, forcefully, but legally. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. Okie dokie, y'all. Let's uh, move on to the next of the family members. Archibald. Archibald Hurston. Uh, gifted with unparalleled strategic excellence that not only vastly grew the company's holdings and forged an expansive vertical production network, but also earned him the distinction of becoming Hurston's youngest ever CEO. The plaque in the Archibald Hurston Memorial Hall of Lorville. A giant golden statue of Archibald stands at the center of the Archibald Hurston Memorial Hall, located in the central business district of Lorville. And I think everybody, if you've visited the CBD, you've seen that monstrous <laughs> statue there. Uh, and, and obviously, uh, he's being recognized. What do you got to say about good old Archibald there, Colossal? So Archibald is considered like the grand poupa of, of, of the Hurstons. Um, uh, and and at, it, it, to me, he's taken advantage of, of, of what happened prior. Um, prior to Archibald becoming uh, the CEO, um, Ida Hurston, um, Ida Hurston, you know, she came right after Archibald. Ida Hurston was, uh, she kind of worked in, in the UEE Navy at the time. Okay. Uh, she worked as advanced specialist operations um, and it, she was killed in the first Tavarin War. Mm. Okay, and she was killed. She was died, died at the age of thirty. So she's the youngest of all Hurstons so far that we know of that have that have died because of the Tavarin War. Because of the Tavarin War, the Hurstons became more powerful. The Hurstons used that as a reason to as used that to go ahead and create weapons at a cheaper cost for cheaper labor. And all of a sudden, the Hurst now the Hurstons are now with, with, along with Hurston Dynamics is the most powerful corporation at that time. Julius comes in, which is Ida's husband, uh, and Julia, uh, and 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 Julius comes in and helps uh, 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 stabilize um, Hurston Dynamics 
through being, um, you know, he was a he was a member of the um, of the Hurstons. He married into with with Ida, um, and he helped stabilize it. Archibald comes in and he takes uh, uh, Hurston Dynamics to another height. And what he does is he not only stabilizes uh, Hurston Dynamics, but Archibald is able to increase Hurston's uh, wealth by like over thirteen percent in a couple of months. Mm. Um, and so 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 he was able to even during uh, war times and things like that, he was able to stabilize the wealth, make more profit for his company, more than anybody has ever done for Hurston Dynamics. That's part of, and, and he's the youngest CEO ever in Hurston Dynamics. So Archibald saw himself as the best of the best, mm. okay? And he really, and, and he, did, he didn't have, I would say he had a shrewd disrespect for his workers. Mm. And you, if you look at his plaque, his plaque says it. It says, the workers <laughs> must be taught yeah, excellent excellent by their betters yes yes he did as, and her and I, I, you know what i took that off because you know? it was so much i couldn't fit it all on there but it yeah. closed out with that statement i laughed when right. i saw it right and, and so so archibald really believed that if you were better than everybody else in order for somebody to get to your level they had those people had to be taught you can't you, you just don't learn it you, you, mm. you just don't learn it just by sitting there you have to be taught by those who are better than you and archibald considered himself better than everybody else that's why he sits up there with that big old cane and he looks down on everybody look at it the statue is tall and what is he doing looking down on everyone yeah okay yeah. it's a powerful statue it's a powerful figure and he's probably one of the most well-respected hurston's um in terms of um finances so that's why you see statues of him although i wish they would dedicate that towards magda mm, okay it, it, it is interesting that solomon i would even i would think solomon would have been before archibald but you know yeah. a lot of times the ones that come later they they think they're bigger than the ones before them so you know yeah. for whatever it's worth okay so that's archibald hurston uh let's move on to this one here aberdeen uh, Aberdeen Hurston from 2821 through 2912 was a member of the Hurston family and namesake of Stanton, Stanton's Moon Aberdeen. He worked remotely with the weapons team at Central while he attended university, assisting them in their early forays into the antimatter-based missiles. He joined Hurston Dynamics as a weapons engineer in 2841 and in 2853, after decades of research, the team debuted Hurston Dynamics' first antimatter warhead based on Aberdeen's design. This secured the company a long-term contract with the United Empire of Earth. Aberdeen retired from Hurston Dynamics in 2877. Yep, 91 years old. Another mm. OD. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, he's 91 years old. By the way, Archibald died at 71 years old. It seems like the mm. great ones are kicking it somewhere between 50 and, and, and 90. But uh, but uh, Aberdeen, so Aberdeen has a moon named after him, dedicated after him, and, and Stanton 1B, and it's called Aberdeen, and it houses a correctional facility that I know the, you know, the warden very, very well, so what some people say. <laughs> but... Um, what Aberdeen does is Aberdeen is an engineer. You know, he comes in and he uh, he works mostly with the universities, uh, and he comes in and he uh, helps create an antimatter-based missile system. So, you know, so the Hurstons are moving to another step now. At first, they were they were doing mm -hmm. towards lasers, mm -hmm. you know, big-time laser weapons. And once again, they're trying all of these weapons 
on their their on, on their planets like Hurston. That's the part of the reason how they were able to move into Stanton. They were back in the outskirts of the UEE for a while, or the UEP, whatever they wanted to call it back in the past. Mm -hmm. They were back in the outskirts, but because of their popularity, because of their strategizing, because of their um, success, they were able to buy one of the first one of the first companies to buy a major planet in the Stanton system and use that as an outright military uh, test ground. You know, and 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 uh, and Aberdeen um, basically uh, took uh, the Hurstons into a new level by creating an antimatter based system for the company. Um, someone in chat, <laughs> I'm 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 digressing a little bit earlier. Uh, who was it? Uh, it was Daigoji, maybe I think it was. Uh, somebody, I think it was Daigoji because he's been cracking jokes. Someone said, "Oh, those uh, Hurstons really love their lapels." Um, <laughs> you know, I, I will say this, I have been curious as to when, uh, the team will start issuing clothing other than the worker clothing in Hurston that's reflected. One. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's interesting because they kind of went with this almost, uh, 1950s. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to equate it to something in, you know, our world look with a lot of their clothing. I mean, it's a little bit exaggerated in the sense of the big lapels and everything, but there's a lot of, of uh, 1940s, 50s stars look to some of the clothes. What is it? 40s? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, I mean, almost to me, Chicago style. Either had yeah, one of those hats. Yeah, the hat you and know, everything. Little, yeah, that's what little, I mean. Uh, yeah. You know, circular hats with a little feather on the side. Yeah. Kind of big old that's I what mean, I mean. Either has one of it. When you go look at, uh, you know, Olivia, bless, you know, rest of so she, she mm -hmm. has it as well. And then Magda, Magda, Magda comes in with this big yeah, old the slanted you know, hat. That's what I'm saying. Hat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it gives you a 40, 50 ish type feel. Right, right, right. Uh, and I'm, I'm waiting for CIG to go ahead and put one in my, uh, uh, in, in my, um, my hanger <laughs> flare type deal. You know, something that looks like Solomon. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, or give me, give me Julius Hurston's well, outfit. I mean, that, that right oh, there was just regal. That's a regal outfit. You well, know? well, here's your girl. We just talked about her. There was Magda <laughs> Hurston, 2833. Through 2921, uh, Magda was the CEO of Hurston Dynamics from 2833 through 2915. And it was her initiative that led the company to purchase Stanton One from the United Empire of Earth in 2865. The third moon of Hurston is named in her honor. She was succeeded by as CEO by her son, Gavin E. Hurston. Right. So Gavin is the current CEO as of today. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, Magda to me, there should be a statue for Magda somewhere. Magda is the one that actually established Lowville on Hurston. Mm -hmm. uh, she was the one that she's the daughter of Chesterfield. Mm -hmm. uh, Hurston Chesterfield was from 2803 to 2891. He was 88 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, Chesterfield had two kids. He had Magda and he had Bertram. Love those names, Bertram. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, but Magda comes in and she has a rich history. Obviously, uh, Stanton 1C, the moon is named after her. Mm -hmm. They need to do more for that. She should also have a statue next to Archibald mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, once again, she comes in. She's the older sibling of Bertram. She was born in 2833 uh, on Rytiff, which is Bremen 2. Uh, in the hospital, and um, and she received her edu early education on on Earth, Soul mm. Three, and attended uh, the Haymore School of Economics in Geneva for her undergraduate and graduate degrees, where she attended a Master of Science in Organizational and uh, Social uh, Psychology. Her dissertation, Live Work and Play, uh, Employee Productivity in Controlled Environments, was selected as one of the winners of the Best Dissertation Prize of 
for the 2854-2855 academic. After a long inter, uh, intern, uh, inter, internship and things like that, she was instrumental at creating this program called, um, uh, at, at, creating, at, at further establishing the workers program, Griff. Mm -hmm. um, and she, in 2877, she was the one that founded the city of Lorville. She was the one that actually convinced her father, Chesterfield, to buy Stanton One. Hmm. Okay, wow. she was the one that actually convinced her father. She has a long history here. Uh, um, a chief operations officer, blah, 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 and so forth. She's probably one of them, to me, one of the, uh, other than Archibald mm -hmm. and other than Solomon, mm -hmm. has probably the richest history of all the Hurstons. Okay. Um, and of course, 2883, halfway through the erection of the Central Tower, this is where it was painful for me to read. Hurston <laughs> Dynamics' new headquarters, Chesterfield, died after a short battle mm -hmm. of pancreatic cancer, and he made Mag the CEO under the leadership, uh, uh, you know, and and, um, and then from that, uh, Magda died uh, um, a very, 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 very harsh uh, death. She was coming into um, Hurston uh, and happened to get in a collision where her mm. and six other people uh, passed away. And uh, of course, prior to that, that's when her son, Gavin, became the CEO. Wow. I, I knew she had died some weird way, but I didn't know. I, I missed that detail. That was how she died. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, coming into it says that while en route from uh, Hurston Central Business District to Tisa Spaceport, there you go. While en route from Hurston Central Business District to Tisa Spaceport, mm. uh, she was planning to uh, she was planning to travel via a private service to her family's vacation home mm -hmm. on Cassell, which is Goss Two. Her shuttle suffered a mid-flight collision with another shuttle. She and six other people died in the crash. Magda was 88 years old. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll talk about lore when this gets over because I want to, I want to come back to something about the lore of this planet. Um, and let's the last but not least, I know we just, we just referenced, uh, Gavin. Um, let's talk about Gavin Hurston. Gavin E. Hurston, nicknamed Colonel, is the current CEO of Hurston Dynamics and son of Magda Hurston. <clears throat> he succeeded his mother, Magda Hurston, who made the decision to purchase Stanton One from the UEE, the United Empire of Earth. Uh, he continued the policies of his predecessors stripping the planet for resources and using life labor contracts in yep. place of employment. Yep. So that's where he just took his, I mean, it, it, basically, you know, uh, her, her mother was doing all that. She, she signed, she helped get those contracts mm -hmm. for UEE uh, in terms of that anti-pollution uh, laws and all that good stuff. And he just basically continued his mother's work. Um, it reminds me once again, because there's another Hurston that's already, that's in the way too. And that's Constantine. Constantine is mm -hmm. still around. Mm -hmm. Okay, and Constantine right now, I mean, we, we'll get to him a little bit, a little bit later, mm -hmm. but Gavin now is the CEO, so it, it, which makes me wonder because Archibald says that it doesn't matter if you're a Hurston, as long as you put in the work, as you, if you're good at what you do, if you're really good, then you deserve that position. Mm -hmm. Did Gavin deserve it? Because Constantine is, is, is there right now, and Constantine is working to become the CEO. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Talk about, because Constantine is in the game, so maybe, right. maybe you could talk about that, connect the dots with that. So Constantine right now is in the game, and I'd be twenty nine forty eight around to before what have you. Constantine is a human living on the uh, on the planet Hurston. He is right now the junior outsourcing manager at Hurston Dynamics. You'll see him at the central business district. 
Um, and he's got the over there in the, in the there, trade right? area. He's got that office <laughs> over there. He's always typing on his little typewriter, tells you to hold on and things like that. He's got the portraits of all the great Hurstons um, in that office. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, in, there's a little quote that says, "A proud member of the Hurston family, Constantine Hurston, has pledged himself to helping his family legacy continue to grow. However, rather than rely on his uh, on his name alone, Constantine claims that he prefers to earn." See that word? Earn any promotion by his own merit. Doesn't that sound like Archibald? That's Archibald all the way. Okay, while currently only a junior outsourcing agent, he firmly believes that he will soon prove his worth and quickly rise through the ranks of Hurston Dynamics. That is Archibald, 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 because Archibald basically says that it doesn't matter if you are Hurston. If you haven't earned your way, if you haven't done the work, if you're not good at what you do, just because you're a Hurston does not give you the title of a CEO. Mm. Okay, and I'm just paraphrasing there. Mm. So it seems like Constantine, uh, it seems like to me that Constantine has a little bit of a gripe. I'm just I'm just theory crafting here. Mm-hmm. He's probably, he's, he's going to work hard as he can because he believes he probably should be the CEO mm. uh, instead of Gavin uh, right now. So Gavin is the CEO, Hurston is the junior outsourcing manager, and it seems like her, uh, I'm, I'm Constantine. It seems like he's going to work his way up the ladder really quickly if he doesn't do anything stupid. <laughs> Now, they don't have it right now. Constantine, I mean, we get messages in our Mobi for missions. Am I remembering that there is something that comes from Constantine for a mission or no? Am I just dreaming? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I haven't. It's I just haven't, the security um, missions, right? That's about it. We don't get there, anything directly from Constantine. So you can. I thought at some you, point there was some mission you yeah. actually went to Constantine. In you, right. You can. You can. As a matter of fact, if you look, if you do, when, once you do some stuff for Hurston, mm-hmm. uh, then it will, your Moby Glass will, will let, alert you, you know, you go to your, um, Oh my God! What do you call those things when you get when you earn credit? I mean, when you earn a reputa- reputation. Mm-hmm. When you go to that part of your your mobile glass and you look under you and you see your reputation and right. things like that. Right. Once you've done done certain uh, missions, then it will allow you. It will grant you access to Constantine. Okay. okay. And you'll see Constantine's picture pop up and things like that and so forth. Then you'll be able to go ahead and once you once you get that reputation, you'll be able to do some missions for Constantine. Yes. Okay. It's been so long since I've been over there and done those. I couldn't remember whether I was dreaming or whether they they were missions there at one point or whatever okay yeah there are right. there are four there are four people uh four groups of people that that you get missions from when you're at Hurston. Yes, clovis dunneely uh miles uh eckhart unless they moved him miles eckhart mm-hmm. uh constantine hurston and michael shaw okay cool cool um let's take a pause here and let's talk about the lore um i, I want to go back into some people might be asking, Colossal, in the midst of this game, why is this all so important? You know, why is it important to know that, you know, Magda died tragically in a transport, right? Why don't they just say, here are the Hurston names, here's the family, and, or or even that, not even, let's say, here's the guy who's in charge of it, Constantine, and just leave it there. Why, why do you feel that this type of lore, this depth that the lore team would be writing all this plays out to us when it comes to the game? Any thoughts on that? Well, a game cannot function without lore. <laughs> a game cannot mm-hmm. function without lore. And um, the the more you under, the, the more there is to digest, the more you start to understand the significance of a certain group of people or the significance of a certain place. Mm-hmm. Um, the more they'll be able to pop up uh, 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 gameplay features, POIs, mm-hmm. um, uh, storylines. 
the more lore you have, the more time you're going to be able to spend in the game to want to know where this is, if this is still around, where can you find it, where can you go, who do I need to take with me, and things like that. It encourages opportunity of the growth of the game and longevity of the game. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's important for that. Yeah, I, I think about, too, you know, sometimes it's, you know, we always talk about how a lot of times people look at Star Citizen at where it is versus where it will be. And players will have the opportunity to, to decide in a grander scale who they choose to make their allies, right? Who are the who are the, even the jobs they want to take, right? And if you're the type of person who thinks that the Hurston family is the bomb and they got it on, you know what I mean? You might lend yourself more toward those missions where other people might say, nah, dealing with them Hurstons, you know, that I don't want to deal with that. So, I mean, right now we just have it within the four planets where we are right now. But once you start getting multiple systems, multiple lores built in all these places, it gives, to your point, players a lot more variety of who they choose to engage with. Or if, let's say that there's some, um, let's say once we get over to, I'm picking another place like Terra, right? Maybe we get over there and find out that there's some type of animosity with the particular company over there with the Hurstons, right? Because of business right. competition, right? So if you right. don't understand why there's this this thing going on between the two of them, well, who are the Hurstons? Oh, they just make guns. No, it could be much deeper than that. And the Lord team can build out story, all types of great stuff later on. You know, it's not static. You know what I'm saying? Right. These Absolutely. stories become dynamic in the gameplay. So that's why it's good for players. It may seem like a not, you know, I don't care about all that stuff. But they're building the Star Citizen world where this stuff is going to mean something. It's not just making up, you know, stories for the sake of making up stories. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I would encourage people on top of that. I would encourage people to go read the Lord God. This is much deeper. This Hurston stuff is deep, 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 deep. And it's much deeper than just the Hurstons. The Tavarin War is the main reason why the Hurstons, why Hurston Dynamic was created, <laughs> why Hurston Dynamic was, uh, it became as powerful as, as, as what they are. It, it's the reason why the Hurstons have a contract with the UEE. You got to understand how the Tavarin War came about, who, uh, who, almost, who, who, who were involved in that. That was an accident in itself by people People jumping in trying to find different wormholes or whatever whatever it was mm -hmm. and things like that and so forth and so forth certain events that happened with that a lot of these things that they have on the galactopedia folks go ahead and pull it up and read it and enjoy it because it is deep it it, it allows for intersectionalism interconnectionalism and you'll be able to understand why or what's going on why is this even in imperator addison right now on what's going <laughs> on all this stuff yeah. stars into how she got elected mm -hmm. and what's going on her with, with, with ai Y'all check up to this. It's great. So this is, if, if you want to start, start with the Hurstons and then dig, dig deep. Yeah, it's a lot of good stuff there. Okay, well, that's giving you guys the introduction to where this the Hurston name, right? Who are the Hurstons and why are they so significant to the system? We're going to start talking about the physicality of the system itself in our next part. But we're going to stop right here for a second, take a little break. Uh, we mentioned to you guys earlier that we have been doing our fundraising uh, for St. Jude Children's Hospital. So I want to real quick... For those of you who've never seen the video, I know some of you have, but if you haven't seen the video, we're gonna just take a look at that. We're gonna tell you about where we are right now, give you an opportunity to consider giving toward the cause. Let's take a look at the video. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and YouTube are teaming up to help end childhood cancer. In September, supporters from across the nation come together during Childhood Cancer Awareness Month to raise money for the kids of St. Jude. And that's when YouTube gamers will be posting videos and live streaming to raise funds to support the life-saving mission of St. Jude. 
At St. Jude, families never receive a bill for treatment, travel, housing, or food, because all a family should worry about is helping their child live. Money Raise also supports the research that leads to groundbreaking medical discoveries that St. Jude freely shares around the globe. I can only imagine as a parent the relief that they feel when someone like St. Jude steps in. I think it's a really good lesson for us to realize that we need to do more and we can do more. It is a huge step in the right direction, a huge step in helping just people and giving back. It's all for good. And we have a responsibility, a social responsibility to help out. Find your favorite video or live stream during St. Jude Play Live on YouTube for Childhood Cancer Awareness Month and donate to this amazing cause. Your support will help St. Jude further its incredible mission. Finding cures, saving children. Let's end childhood cancer together. Let's end childhood cancer together, which I think is a great thing here. Let's talk about where we are so far. Yeah, we have already reached two of our milestones. You guys kicked us off a month ago uh, with our uh, $500 tier. We've already passed that. We passed our $1,000 tier. By the way, please forgive me because I'm going to think of the person's name. The person, if you're here who won our 1000 tier, I need to send you your stuff, but I need your shirt size and you didn't include it in the email. And I sent a follow-up email asking for that. So I'm going to go back and find out what the name is because you have to forgive me, guys. I've forgotten because I, I wrote this like two weeks ago and it just hit me again. So if you're here, <laughs> somebody put down Excel. Was that you, Fax? Not, I don't know if it was you. But anyway, I need to know their <laughs> shirt size so I can ship the stuff out because I've got this stuff sitting in my shopping cart and didn't know what size shirt. And I didn't want to just send any old shirt. So please, please, please look at response to my email. Let me know that you got it so we can make sure we get you uh, your stuff. Um, so anyway, our, our next tier levels are, is our $2,000 level, which is where we're at now. We're on our way there now. We are at, oh, wow, somebody already gave $100 today. So wow. thankful, awesome. We're at $1,322, $1,322. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys have already raised us up by $100. Um, we, we're going to reach our $2,000 mark. When we get there, we want to give away a UEE uh, field naval jacket. You guys have seen it on the RSA website along with the naval cap. So we want to be able to do our $2,000 mark. And then after that, our next big target, I'm not going to read all of these. You can see them on the screen. But the next one, if you guys get us to that $3,000 mark for the first time, we're going to do a 12-hour live stream. We're going to have guests come on with us, do some gameplay, some hours. giveaways. Yeah, 12 hours, Colossal. Get ready. Yeah. So, <laughs> and we're going to do giveaways that day as well. So we really want to be able to work our way toward those goals. So we really, really appreciate those of you who have considered giving. And again, pass the, pass the information on. Our Twitter has a, uh, a QR code. You can send that. Look, you can follow it any other time if you can't do it today, but it's still October 22nd and we know we're going to reach our goal of $10,000. So thank you guys so, 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 so much for that. Um, Colossal, let's hit part two, because uh, this is going to be the other part that people maybe are a little bit more familiar with. Um, I know you're very familiar with these areas. So we started out the show talking about um, the titles of these planets in the Stanton system with Hurston being titled Stanton 1. And so when we read our description earlier, we talked about how this planet is, and you know, we've watched this evolve, right? We opened up with that original mm -hmm. video at the beginning and there was no atmosphere, you know, there were no clouds or anything, you know, just kind of had this certain look to it. Uh, and, and also from that very first video we showed at the opening, we've seen how 
the tech and right now guys we're talking about the, the tech side of the game now as well as the lore um cig has been putting a lot of work into building out hurston where now uh you see an ecosystem you know you can fly over the planet and see things you know mountainous areas areas where there's bodies of water when we first saw it a lot of that was very vague but they've been really really building out hurston and like i said we're going to close out at the end talking about loreville and its upgrade but I do want to talk about a little bit about Hurston here, guys. Uh, Hurston is a hot, arid planet that orbits closest to the sun in the Stanton system. It was discovered in 2851. It was sold by the UEE government to the company Hurston Dynamics in 2865. Unrestricted industry <clears throat> and mining, especially of antimatter precursor, have heavily polluted the atmosphere of the planet since the company took possession. Inhabitants are kept up to date atmospheric conditions by a public air quality index. Lorville, the oldest and most populous city in Hurston, is home to Hurston Dynamics headquarters, a towering structure named Central that casts a permanent shadow on the buildings below. Now, Colossal, there were some points in here that I wanted to talk to you about, and I know we don't know. Guys, we're just talking here, so just be aware of that. But I do want to go by what they mentioned in the description here. They say that Lorville is the oldest and most populous city, which infers that there are other cities. It's just that Lorville's the oldest and the biggest. Have you heard anything in relation to that? I may have missed it in the lore somewhere. Um, Cause I don't know, Is are, have you heard anything about other cities? Cause I'm just saying based on what they say here, they infer that there are will be other cities, even if they're not there now. I know they're not there now. But I'm curious, do you know if they're, because like on area, like when you go to our corp, even though we focus on area 18, we know there's an area 17, 15, blah, 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 you know, but they didn't do that on Hurston. They didn't place any other places, did they? Well, the, Lorville has what we call, uh, Hurston has what we call jurisdiction dynamics. Mm -hmm. um, and there are, um, uh, there are other areas in Lorville that we can sit there and, 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 and talk about. So, um, but, I mean, but there aren't any other cities, though. I mean, they, I, I mean, or, I mean, I, I mean, they say that it's the largest. So I'm assuming right. that there's going to be another one, another landing zone, could maybe be. somewhere on the planet at don't, some point, possibly. Yeah, don't know. Could be. I haven't haven't seen that yet. But you never know. They may put another type of settlement on Hurston. Because Hurston's big. Um, yeah, I mean, but, it's big. but once again, Hurston's big. It's controlled by the Hurston. So I am quite mm -hmm. sure, in order for you to have a settlement, mm -hmm. it has to be ran by. Hurston Dynamics. Okay. Um, they're not going to just go ahead and let some independent company right. um, sit on that panel that that, that, that that Magda fought so hard to go ahead and get and and have Lorville there. And okay. we'll talk more about what what Lorville actually means, at, at least L-O-R. Yeah. We'll talk more that when we get to Lorville. Yeah. One of the things I think players also, maybe they're paying attention to now, because you've always talked about, you know, as soon as you come down from the HAB uh, in Metro Center and you come off the elevator, there's this big sign in front of you that talks about the air quality. And you gave us a tour when Lorville 2.0 came out into the outer regions of Lorville City. And we saw that they had those signs, big bulletin boards, illuminated bulletin boards, telling you what the air quality was, even out in the further districts. A lot of people don't know about the, how that's laid out. And we can talk about that when we get to Lorville. But, you know, the air quality thing is a... It's like there's a part of it's a there's a part of the Hurston thing where they're taking care of their workers, but at the same time they're also making the problem, you know what I mean, that exists. You know what I mean? Like they're they're polluting the air, but at the same time they've got all these safety measures because they want their people to remain healthy. 
you know. Well, you know, if you let the Hearses tell it, they're doing the work, they're doing the business of the UEE, and they're trying to protect the UEE citizens. And if part of that is polluting, I mean, protecting their people with bags and things like that on the, on the, on the planet of Hurston, then so be it. That's part of it. Once again, Hurston's have gotten away with that for generations. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, but, but, but yeah, there are some, uh, there are areas, um, because of, uh, the, um, uh, poor quality of the, of how the Hurston's treated the planet of Hurston. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, the, the area is, uh, uh, habitable. You can breathe the air, mm -hmm. but there are certain times that the air becomes, air quality becomes very, very bad. And you, and bad and you'll see hopefully in the near near future but they have it set up to where the, they have these billboards and these big old electrical signs that set up bad quality and mm -hmm. once that quality is bad the theory is you have to put on your protective air uh, headgear because if you do not mm -hmm. um you may suffocate or you may die and from time to time look, that quality will change to breathable or whatever type of uh, uh, uh setup they want to put up there but right. those signs are up they are not functioning yet but when they do, it, 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 it'll take Hurston to the next level because, you know, yeah, they'll be meaningful. Yeah, yep. They will be meaningful. And uh, again, you know, we, we always know. And by the way, uh, Doc, I don't know if it's Doc Green or just Doc GRN, but thank you so much for the prime sub. We, we appreciate that. Thanks, and, no, and Nomad, good to see you. Uh, thank you as well uh, for the uh, subscription for 29 months. Um, yeah, I mean, later on, those things when we come in, like, again, this whole air quality thing is going to be meaningful right there are sometimes where like right now where i live at we're getting impacted again this weekend by um the uh smoke that's coming down from canada from the forest fires to the point where we have alerts going on and they tell you not to go outside or if you go outside make sure you wear a mask so on and so forth um uh, it's a very real thing right and, and I'm, I'm, at first you kind of want to dismiss it and blow it off but you can get these particles inside of you that can affect you and can for some people it's very not good for them so i'm assuming that they're going to build these kind of same things into the game, you know, where our Moby glass tells us, or the sign tells us, Hey, you know, air's bad right now. <laughs> you yeah. know, you got to put some hey, on, right? Hey, Shady Faze, that Kool-Aid is right here, buddy. Cause yes, that Kool-Aid must be really tasty. That Hurston keeps serving. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. But come on down to Hurston. <laughs> if you see, if you see me in game, I will give you a free headgear. Wait a minute, y'all. Colossal will meet you at the <laughs> spaceport with a box in his hand. I want, he is not joking y'all. So if you let him know you coming, he's waiting there to make sure that you will be safe while you're visiting him in Lorville. Okay. All right. So yeah, that's stance in one. Okay. And, and again, we're all, we're all familiar with that. Uh, let's move on. Let's start talking about the satellites. Uh, and you know, when we say satellites referring to the moons, uh, let's talk about Ariel. Uh, Ariel is the first moon of Hurston on stance in one. And is named after. Uh, um, let me let me correct myself because Colossal corrected me earlier. Ariel, Ariel Hurston, um, uh, the creator of the life labor style contract utilized by the Hurston Dynamics for their employees. It is a thin nitrogen methane atmosphere and a rocky, dry landscape. Colonies of the invasive slime mold prota have been found on Ariel's surface. All right, I'm turning it over to you there, Colossal, about Ariel. Ariel's kind of a popular moon, I think, out of all of them, other than when folks go to prison. Uh, I, I, well, let me say this. Ariel used to be like the most popular place, but I hear people now going to Magda a lot more. You know what I mean? Um, you know, to do things, you know, whatever those things may be. But Ariel, you know, it's the first, it's the closest one to, uh, to Stanton 1. Any thoughts about Ariel? 
Well, it, it does have an, uh, a, a comma ray, ST1-13, that's mm -hmm. there. Um, so once again, it's another way how the UEE uh, are able to um, communicate um, and, and keep up with who's around. There are two stations that are in ARIO, mm -hmm. uh, two mining outposts, HDMS mm -hmm. BESDEC and HDMS Lathan. Um, and they do have uh, some commodities that you can go up there and, and get. And if, if you want to go ahead and get some loot, mm -hmm. uh, some drinks, you can go ahead and check those loot boxes out. Um, it is it is not habitable, so you might want to go ahead and wear your space gear when you get up there. Um, it is uh, going to be a hot planet. I mean, so uh, it's a toxic, toxic uh, environment over there. Mm -hmm. um, and once again, it's... Uh, I'm assuming that the guy's name is Ariel because, like I said, I have friends whose name mm -hmm. is exactly spelled that way, and they're all dudes, and they're all pronounce them as Ari or Ariel. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this is just one of those planets that Hurston was able to go ahead and I mean, one of those moons, sorry, that Hurston was able to to, to uh, acquire, um, and it, it, they continue to. Now, because of its toxicity and things like that, I, I, obviously Hurston's probably not going to do that much in terms of weaponry. Uh, consolidations there like they do on Hurston, but it's owned by the Hurstons nonetheless. Okay. Okay. That life labor style employee contract applies. So <laughs> <laughs> you, you think Ari for giving us that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, 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 I looked up the thing about slime molds cause I'm not familiar with that. And I was just reading, uh, was it uh Daigoji said that, uh, slime mold is, is pretty funky stuff. Uh, but here it says the slime molds are smaller than a few centimeters, but some species may reach sizes up to several square meters in mass of two, up to 20 kilograms. They feed on microorganisms that live in any type of dead plant material. They contribute to the decomposition of dead vegetation and feed on bacteria and fungi. They say for humans, they're not necessarily uh, a danger, but it, it will be interesting to see, you know, again, CIG has kind of told us whenever they put something in the game, there's a reason it's there. It's not just, you know, for the heck of it. So I am curious to see whether or not, and obviously if they talk about the decomposition of the plant life and everything, because the way the planet's been treated, slime molds would be something that would be there, you know, helping with decomposition. Uh, right. But I'm curious to see once we start getting flora and fauna into these plants, especially these plants that may be toxic or whatever, uh, whether we as players are going to have to be, because, you know, CIG has told us about these different types of environmental suits we'll be able to wear. You know, right. if a flight suit may not be significant or, you know, sufficient enough especially with an atmosphere, what did they say this atmosphere was? Um, this atmosphere is it's, toxic. It's, it's toxic, right? Yeah. Okay, it's toxic. And thank you. Nitrogen, was, methane. Was, yeah, nitrogen, methane, right. atmosphere. Yeah. Right. I, and I was just getting that 97% nitrogen. Good luck. I mean, yeah. I, I, mean I was just getting there. Um, in terms of harvest, harvestables, we know that Proto right now is going to be in there. We don't know if it's in there right now because I haven't found any actually um, Proto there. But, yeah. uh, but Proto will be one of those harvestables that will be on this moon. Yeah. Well, Jay, um, thank I'm you just, for saying that because that's, that's yeah. what they're saying is the slime mold. It's, it, right. it's another form of slime mold. Okay. Now, I will tell you this, in terms of if, if you're curious about the temperatures, the maximum temperature is 171 degrees Celsius. Okay, 171. And the minimum is 151 degrees Celsius. Is that so all? If you, <laughs> is that all? <laughs> so this is a hot planet. So if I were you, I would go ahead and bring them. Not the Novikov, but you want to get the Pembroke, right? You yeah. Pembroke is the one that's the hot one. Uh, so, yeah, there, well, there you go. So... Ooh, good googly movie. But, it, but, it, but, but, but remember when it first appeared, Griff, how beautiful the color was? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, oh, Aries is beautiful. It looks like a down. big orange juice. Just, yep. just orange, just sitting right there. And you just want to just take a straw and just 
and just yes because it's just that bright and colorful yeah no it is it, it is truly gorgeous i i agree with you 100 and again it was probably in the earlier days very very popular uh moon uh that a lot of people would go to particularly miners back in the day uh but you know as the resources have become more and more spread throughout the game uh people are visiting the other moons now just as much uh and speaking of other moons colossal let's uh go talk about maybe uh one of your second homes here, Aberdeen Stanton 1B. Uh, Aberdeen named after the designer of Hurston Dynamics' first antimatter warhead, Aberdeen Hurston, is the second moon of Hurston Stanton Stanton 1 of Stanton 1. It has a thick, hazy atmosphere composed of sulfurous gas that creates low visibility conditions on the moon's surface, posing a danger to ground-based travel. Aberdeen is home to a Klesher rehabilitation facility, a prison that allows inmates to work off their sentences via mining. One of the things that stuck with me on this colossal, and I, I, we got to think, well, you know what, we got a thing coming up on Klesher, so I'll, I'll do a Klesher later. But I will say this, Aberdeen was always kind of a funky place. You know, when you kind of went there, it felt very oppressive. Uh, it was like you'd have all this, this uh, I don't want to say sunlight, but light from, you know, from Stanton, from the sun. And then as you flew in, all of a sudden, you know, everything just kind of got close around you. You couldn't see past your ship. And they've now made it spooky. You know, when you go to this joint, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not like the most friendliest place to go to, right? <laughs> you know, Aberdeen is probably one of the freakiest, one of the nicest looking moons to go to. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're looking at it from orbit, just like you said, it looks fantastic. But when you actually drive in there, it is spooky it has a faint orange type mm -hmm. it's almost like you almost like you're going into the haunted mansion over there at disney world or disneyland mm -hmm. uh type feel the trees <laughs> over there are all warped and all just mm -hmm. dead and you feel like if you just touch one tree you might just poof, just turn the dust <laughs> on you i mean it has sulfur dioxide 89 percent mm. sulfur dioxide sulfur oxide and sodium chloride and maybe our resident expert jay go ahead and elaborate the audience on, on how toxic <laughs> there it is she dropped it in. Is. <laughs> <laughs> thank jay i mean maximum surface temperature 237 degrees celsius mm -hmm. maximum and the minimum is 170 degrees Okay, so like, you're going to be boiling over there. That is that is a very good place to hold and 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 forgive me, I get upset when people call it a jail cell. It is a rehabilitation <laughs> facility over that cluster, and it wasn't founded by Aberdeen, by the way. We'll talk more about that later. <laughs> well, I love what Black Knight's interpretation. You and Jade gave all the scientific definitions of the of the air composition. And uh, Black Intellect said, it just smells like farts. Okay, <laughs> that was basically what it broke down to. With all that sulfur, you know. Uh, but yeah, I love the fact that, you know, this isn't just some random color. If you had a sulfur type thing, that's what the atmosphere, the color would look like. Uh, and, it's, and, and again, I think DK said, you know, you don't want to really even fly there. It is dangerous. When you fly in there, I know every time I fly in, even though I know there's plenty of room before I get down to the surface, there's always this feeling of, I can't see where I'm going. And, uh, you know, I'm always kind of like keeping my eyes sharp for when I'm going to finally be able to peek out and see, like you said, Colossal, some scraggly tree that gives me some perspective of where the ground is. But they also say here, which is interesting, they said that it poses a danger for ground-based travel. And I'm really yeah. curious if that's because of the atmosphere and your vehicles being subjected to being in these chemicals and stuff that maybe... It's just not a good place to 
be. You know what I mean? For I mean, any length of time. You know, you know yeah. how they've had these prison planets. Remember in Star Trek um uh six you know, Discovery or Wrath of uh no, um the Undiscovered Country. They and put, they're getting off a of rural pente. And remember it was yeah. like, we ain't got no guards outside. We ain't got no, do you know what I'm saying? Right. It's no like, if you go outside, it. you ain't gonna last five minutes. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, right. I, I kind of got that same feeling about this, that yeah, you may get out of the rehab, but, and, and that is what happens. You only get so much time out in the atmosphere. And after that, man, it's over. You got so much time and and, and fly up on Clash if you want to, your ship gonna get shot down. That's what happened with some <laughs> yeah. of us. And we're sitting there, I'm sitting here in a light outfit. You know what I'm saying? Oh and yeah. It, I mean, not even 11 minutes, you yeah. know, whatever that you, that you have right there. So the time is very, very important is, you know, in terms of if, you, if you're gonna go out there, don't go out there those light suits or as a matter of go out there in them light suits. Just make sure that you've set your spawn point on the character before uh, the time you do that. <laughs> you yeah. know, so uh, just some, some notable points, Griff, mm -hmm. um, yeah. as far as locations, mm -hmm. uh, there are two Mining outposts out there, HDMS Norgard and HDMS Anderson. Those are two major uh, mining outposts there. Mm -hmm. Other locations, uh, we'll talk about Clasher Rehabilitation Facility later. Uh, we'll, and uh, the Baron Flats Aid Shelter is also out there. And there is a cave. There's a cave mission out there, HDMO Dobbs. Okay. So uh, the Comaray is Comaray ST1-92. And that's hovering ab above Air, uh, Ario as well. Okay, okay. Well, let's go ahead. You you brought it up. Let's uh let's talk about this place. Uh, as as Colossal said, not the prison, Clusher Rehabilitation Facility. And the thing I wanted to note was that in our previous description under Aberdeen, they said, let me let me go back and read this because because some people may have missed it. They said it's home to a Clusher Rehabilitation Facility, which mm -hmm. which implies that Clusher Rehabilitation. There are other ones, which implies that it's a corporate built thing in other words there are several clashers all right not just this one particular one all right correct cluster rehabilitation facility is a automated correctional facility located on the moon of aberdeen and operated by cluster rehabilitation facilities on behalf of the uee players will be placed in the prison if being killed in the uee monitored space while having a crime stat the duration of the sentence is depending on the committed crime and can reach from minutes to many hours. It is possible to reduce the sentence by mining ore, completing contracts, or receiving merits from another inmate. But it also, I'm sorry, but it is also possible to escape from the prison through a cave. This will require, this, this will then require tr to travel to a security station and erase the criminal record, your criminal record. Um, <laughs> you know, when you're in Clesher Colossal, I mean, I'm not when I say you, I'm referring in general because I, I don't mean when you're there. But I love the fact that just at, at Hurston in general, in the Hurston system, both at the hospital, uh, which we can talk about a little bit later, and at Clesher, there are these messages that come through the sound system, right? That constantly remind you of where you are. And Clesher does that, right? I mean, when you're in there, there are these motivational statements that are being said. There are celebratory statements when your time is up, when you've done your, you know, you paid your time uh, in, right. in the center. Um, but let's talk about some other things about Clesher that you, you mentioned about, first of all, even approaching the facility, you may, may be a one-way trip, but let's talk about that. Anything you got on Clesher? Well, Clesher was founded by Leland Vagard. Okay, or Vagard, where I want to be clear, it's interesting how Leland Vagard was the one that created Clesher because Leland has a past himself. He was incarcerated himself. Yep. 
for doing something <laughs> stupid. Uh, so it just happens to be that the incarcerated are creating the in- incarcerating, uh, make, uh, make, you know, they know what it's like. They, they know what it's like. Uh, and of course, they, the Hurstons incorporate their, you know, their their uh, their uh, labor practices in this facility that allows people to earn merits mm-hmm. <laughs> to leave or mine and 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 do things in on behalf of of, of Hurston. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, this facility is, you know, it's, 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 it's private, you know, and, and, um, it's, it's quite an interesting facility. I I know, I remember when I first got there, um, I got shanked as soon as I went into the the mining area (laughs) when I first got there, when it first opened up. Really? Um, but you know, uh, there are people in there, including some over there in chat right now that are sitting there talking, having a wonderful time. That has been a uh, collection multiple times and it'd be rehab. I would like to say that I have been rehabilitated. So when I do go to collection, there's probably a room for me there, but you know, I, I haven't been there in a hot minute. It's been a while. Y'all, they know Colossal by his first name, y'all, when he shows up. Okay. Oh, you're back. <laughs> about to, just... about to give him a key. Well, um, it's, it's always the same room on the same floor. As soon as I get in there, it's always that. Yeah. Yeah, um, I do find it interesting that there is a uh, a work dynamic, and I don't know if there's any lore to this. Um, the work that's done by those who are incarcerated, uh, does that go to fund something in particular in the lore? Do you know? Because it doesn't go to the Hurston family or anything like that. It's not like they're mining and, you know, the, it goes to them. Or is it just kind of paying your debt to society kind of thing? Well, it says the necessary mining equipment is provided. You get necessary mining equipment. Uh, beware of the armistice, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I, I'm sure that everything is done is used for Hurston Dynamics resources. Okay. okay. Um, so they're getting, a cut, they're getting a cut, at least yeah. you're thinking. If they're there on the planet, they're getting a cut some type of way. And maybe I mean, that's what again, maybe that's what, how they're paying them for being on Hurston. I mean, on I mean, Aberdeen, you, maybe that's it. You, it's yeah, a merit, it's a meritorious system. It's yeah, system. yeah, that sounds like you something know, they would you do. You do all the work. Yeah, you do all the work, mm. and you give us the resources, and you are yeah. earn your way in. And you earn your way out. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Way to go with that meritorious system. Boy, oh boy, some more. <laughs> we won't say the word slavery, but yeah, there's there's <laughs> definitely some indentured servitude, even in a criminal oh, yeah. level. Jeez, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I know the first time I went there just to go see it. I remember going, landing, I took a uh, a yellow jacket, not a yellow, yeah, I took a yellow jacket, I took a bike. And uh, I was trying to get there. And you know, you park outside of the proximity thing so you don't get a, uh, you know, a get shot at. But I also remember I had very limited time on oxygen and the temperature was burning me up. I didn't come with the right, this is before I think they put out those heat suits. And I was trying to get there, man, it was tough. It really was tough. I finally did make it up to the building doing a lot of zigzagging and everything. Um, but I, I don't remember if I made it back or not, but I remember seeing how big that facility is from the outside. You know, when you fly in, it looks a little different, but that is a huge facility. And I am curious as to whether or not it expands beyond, you know, CIG opens it up more, you know, that there's more to it later on than just the area that we see right now. Uh, so well, we'll see. I, I know they've done some work with it. They've added some more tunnels and things like that. It is a yeah. deep, 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 yeah, it's deep, got deep the, it's got the depth. Yeah. I'm just curious about just, the building itself. You know what I mean? Cause it, the area that you, that we're in is so small in relation to the building. It's, it's a really big facility. Right. Um, um, just a couple of extra things. Yeah. Uh, crime two or higher will earn you into the jail cell. Uh, I believe a crime two, uh, a timer started ranging in a duration of one to three 
uh, one to three minutes uh, in terms of uh, bounding her to stuff. But here's some some interesting stats. Crime stat previously accumulated will, will be placed upon the, con the a convict. For example, if you have a crime, a crime stat of four, that may result you in eight and a half hours worth of prison time. <laughs> a crime stat of three may result in two and a half hours of prison time. Any unused merits, this is how wonderful the Hurstons are. Any unused merits are erased upon exit from the facility. Wow. So if you have a lot of merits after you've turned in, whatever merits it is, it, take, it takes for you to leave the system. Mm. Whatever there is left over, you don't keep. It goes back to zero Jeez. just in case if you decide to go ahead and want to be rehabilitated again. So mm. just to let you know how, how wonderfully giving the Hurstons are. <laughs> okay, giving. All right, that's Clesher gang. Uh, let's move on. Let's go back to the satellites here and let's talk about Magda. Magda, Stanton 1C, is uh, the third closest moon to the Hurston Stanton 1. Although its temperature falls into the ranges friendly to life, its nitrogen methane atmosphere cannot be safely breathed. Enormous areas of blue-green dirt on Magda's surface are said to resemble oceans when the moon is viewed from orbit. The moon is named after former Hurston Dynamics CEO Magda Hurston, who recommended that the company purchase Stanton 1 from the UEE in 2865. In recent years, natural geological formations, Skeddle Rock, have become a popular location for landscape photography. I will say this, Colossal, Magda rock, yeah. is a beautiful moon when you go there uh the, yeah, the green crystal crystalline you know, what they're talking about the scatter rock it is beautiful it scatters all over that place I, every time i go there i'm like this is pretty amazing that they came up with this yeah it's just as beautiful as the outfit that magda was wearing i i i, I feel like they need to give magda more than just a moon i mean yeah. this is a woman who went to her father chesterfield and told him to purchase Stanton and create and and help fund and build Lorville yeah. and the CBD, you know, yeah. I mean, there should be, and they put a statue of Archibald up in there. I mean, this, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, you know, spewing out some hate a little bit. This woman deserves a statue somewhere around Hurston at Lorville at the CBD. She built it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this, this moon, uh, 1C, uh, it's the third moon in, uh, around Hurston. And uh, it does have a, I, I am interested to see if Skeddo Rock is there. Uh, I've never heard of it until this week um, about that. Um, Skeddo Rock is probably some POI. Maybe it's there, maybe it's not, I don't know. Oh, but I thought that it, was this, the green stuff. That's not it, that's something, it's something different. Is it the green stuff? Is it, is it recent years and natural, it says natural formations like Skeddo Rock. So it, it, it could yeah, be the rock. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're yeah, right, you're right. It's, there. Uh -huh. yeah. it's the green stuff. It's, mm -hmm. it's the green rock material. Okay, that's what it is. Okay, all right, all right. So the, the, the color. Mm -hmm. um, um, so, but uh, of course the atmosphere as far as surface temperatures, get this, maximum five degrees Celsius. That's max. Yeah. yeah. And minimum 80 degrees yeah. Celsius. So, uh, I mean, not enough to bring your Novikov, but still, it's it's a cold mm -hmm. environment, I believe, mm -hmm. and, to uh, and toxic as well. Yeah, it's toxic. Ninety-eight percent nitrogen, mm -hmm. methane gases. There, hydrogen and carbon dioxide running around the place. Notable locations: uh, there are HDMS Han is there, along with HDMS uh, Perlman, um, and there is a comma ray of in, in orbit ST one forty eight. Okay. So. Uh, it is, uh, it is non, in, uh, it's, it's not inhabit, it's not habitable guys. So, you know, bring a mask, 
uh, or uh, a nice little helmet so you can go ahead and at least <laughs> take, take care of your job. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's Magda. And last but not least, Eta. She a statue. CIG, she needs a statue. Give me something. Magda Dollar Bills or something. (laughs) Magda Bills. Uh, Ida, Stanton 1D. Ida is the outmost moon of Hurston Stanton 1. Its dusty terrain is dotted with tall rock formations and craters from old meteor impacts. Leadership of Hurston Dynamics chose to name the moon after Chief Warrant Officer Ita Hurston, 2015-12 through 2542 of the United Planets of Earth, the UPE, Advanced Special Operations Unit, who was killed in action during the first Tavaran War. And Klaus, you've already been referencing the Tavaran War and how it's tied in with the Hurstons. Um, Ida, anything in particular you want to share about that one? Yeah, Ida Ida is is one of the uh, sympathy um, Hurston's the one that kept Hurston afloat. Um, Ida had no major role in Hurston, Hurston Dynamics other than the fact that she was a chief warrant officer uh, for the Advanced Special Operations for the United Planets of, of Earth Navy. And what happened with Ida was Ida got wrapped up and she got in, she was while working for the Navy or while fighting for the Navy, she died in the first Tavarn War. Her husband, Julius, Julius Hurston, uh, uh, well, I go back to Ida, you know, born 2512. She died in 2542. She was only 30 years old. Mm. Okay. She's the youngest Hurston to, uh, to, to pass away that we know of. Uh, she had uh, her husband, uh, Julius, set up several charities under her name. Mm. And that's what allowed Hurston Dynamics to continue on garnering money um, because of uh, he took it. He basically took advantage um of the situation i won't say for any uh any bad reasons that was his wife he 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 loved his wife but he did uh create a whole bunch of charities using her name which allowed hurston to move up which allowed which gave him prestige uh he was employee of hurston dynamics working in the financial department mm-hmm. uh where you know and because of those charitable situations that he used they were able to go ahead and uh name the planet after her because of uh, uh her death in the war okay or laying in the moon. I keep saying planets a moon. I'm moon, sorry, guys. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I am setting up. Did I forget to put this video in? No, I didn't. Here it is. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't put a video. I didn't. I just didn't put the uh, thing in. Okay. So that's ETA. Okay. So, so far, gang, we have covered um, the lore of the Hurston family. Uh, giving you some background on Hurston itself, on uh, the planet Stanton 1 and all of its moons and satellites. What we're going to do now is go to some more recent updates. When we opened the show, for those of you who got here a little late, uh, we opened up with Chris Roberts's uh, keynote address from 2017, where the first time uh, our community saw Hurston. And uh, it was an interesting view. Uh, Hurston... <laughs> it gave us the vision of what Hurston was going to look like. It wasn't when we got it in our hands, it looked a little bit different than that, but we were still blown away by what we got in our hands. And as you guys know, since then, just this year, a couple months back, Hurston got a facelift completely upgraded and the upgrading. And, you know, again, I appreciate colossalness because the upgrading wasn't just about graphics. It was also about making Loreville match its lore, pardon the pun, but there is tremendous lore and as we watch this i'm hoping that colossal can talk about it a little bit so we're going to watch it and then we're going to play it without the sound and he can tell you why the why loreville looks the way it looks because there is some method to the madness 
So let's take a quick look at the video and then we're going to talk about it. Well, how would I describe Laurelville to somebody who's never seen it? Lots of crazy stuff happened there. Um, I don't know, man. It's very dusty. Definitely very dusty. Yeah. I think it would be something as a place that's very polluted. It would be a place that's very oppressive, but also pretty lively at the same time. People are working there day and night. Laurelville is essentially a mega city. It's sprawling. It's huge. And it's on a Stanton One planet inside the Stanton system. The story of Lorville, I know that it's been, uh, it was built by a company, uh, a family business. It's ruled by the Hurston uh, family. And um, it's very, it's a very authoritarian regime. Place that's very like expensive in the scale of it. Reminds me a little bit of 1984, that kind of stuff maybe. Also a little bit of a Tyrell Corporation from uh, Blade Runner, something like that. That's what comes to my mind when uh, I think of Lorville, yeah. So a landing zone like Lorville is, um, uh, is a hub for the players. It's, uh, it has many uh, services. There's the habs, the habitations, and uh, from there like they can spawn there's the, uh, the the hospitals, there's uh, shops, and there's missions. There's obviously multiple areas and some new areas as well. When you're arriving from your ship, uh, the first thing you're gonna see is, uh, well, you're gonna see the CBD, of course. Central Business District. And this is where the Hurston family oversees the, the city. There's the spaceport uh, that obviously has a lot of the transit line going to. Uh, you can also go to the L19, where there's obviously some residential. Leading up from like the, the center, we have like this, those transit lines that are like going in different directions from the center of the city. And from there, there's many uh, districts inside the inner city. In the inner city, we represent the different classes of the residents of Lorville. There's areas of the, where there's more wealth these are like um, higher up top and uh, they have like uh, gold cladding on their buildings and we have like lower areas that are like uh, closer to the industrial areas and it's mainly uh, residential and commercial. We have like lots of uh, uh, opportunities to, for branding. The branding comes mainly from uh, Nicolas Fartin's team. So we partnered with them and they, they come up like with uh, new brands. In turn, the environment art team helped to uh, integrate those into billboards and the holograms throughout the city. So the areas like the CBD, uh, the L19 at the spaceport, you're all familiar with, uh, these haven't changed. They just have moved us slightly because they were already um, up to a quality that still works today and what we've worked on is the connecting tissue between those to make like a like the city feel actually the big size compared to what it was buildings are now much higher but you're also going to see how the city now extends further away a little bit like tentacles right and it spreads out into those uh smaller islands we call them islands uh, those are the industrial islands let's say you start from the spaceport 
and you want to travel outside towards the industrial islands, first of all, they're much further away, but they're still connected, you know, they connected uh, using pipelines uh, from the city to the outskirts. And once you get to the industrial islands, you can see, you know, it's filled with chimneys, lots of activities happening there. It really shows, you know, the, the, the might that is uh, Hurston Dynamics and the Hurston family itself. Yeah, I think that's a good answer. <laughs> So making Lorville was not like a straight line. There was many like challenges and we didn't really have expectations of what we could achieve or not achieve. We just went with our, our feelings, uh, what kind of city we wanted to build basically. You know, we tried to create a certain uh, variety of colors inside the city, but uh, overall it remains pretty gray. Uh, but at the same time, it's also pretty dusty. Uh, you know, it, it reflects uh, the pollution, how industrial um, the city is and in the end like we're just, just like driving that point that it's like heavily polluted or authoritarian and that, that it's in everything we do lighting is very important when you're coming to a location where one of the last part that, that the artist will do it really brings the life to all the previous work that the environmental artists did Lighting drives the eye. Uh, it makes us look at places and it just like uh, enhances the contrasts and we, we get like a whole better look through that lighting. The lighting really, it brings in the whole atmosphere. And during the night, we want to bring that also that feeling of liveliness to the city. Yeah, night is pretty badass with all the new buildings, the taller buildings, the, the, the windows and everything. Little red lights, blinky, blinking red lights across the city. As a player, when you come in and you see this, these giant structures, but also these little lights, it really shows, you know, okay, this is, this, this is a really big building. Try to put a lot of uh, small details, small um, elements like uh, street lights, um, containers, also a little bit of uh, some pathways for vehicles to move around. Uh, that really helps to solidify the idea that, you know, th this is a giant city, the giant facilities that are being built inside the city. And uh, yeah, it's, it's huge. It's a lot of different viewpoints right now. So you, you, you'll be able to appreciate it from a lot of different distances and viewpoints, even if you're far away. Still a very uh, bustling city, lots of activities happening. You can also see people taking the train, the transit to move around the city to, you know, get from uh, their habs to their workplace. The lighting on the transit line has been really, really improved. Uh, you'll have a lot more to see. Uh, when you're going through these different lines, and it, I think it's going to be very exciting. It's not just the lights in the city, but also in the industrial islands. Even though they're, you know, they're a bit further away, they have these giant—I uh, call them cauldrons. It's like burning some sort of uh, material. It's it's very orangey. It, it glows a lot. I think you can actually see them from outer space. Lighting at night with uh, with those cauldrons—it's it's really amazing looking. The atmosphere is really important as well. It gives like the, the depth that we need in, inside the city. It makes things like feel believable. And uh, like it adds this this layer of, uh, of realism. Lorville during the day is, also, is very, very polluted, obviously. 
So when you get into the city, there are very thick layer of clouds. And when you get through these clouds, it's like getting into a new world, in a different world. Uh, they cover the top of the building. Uh, it's very impressive. They just bring so much to the, the atmosphere. They, they really, really kind of put that finish on uh, the daylighting. Sunlight doesn't actually always touch the, touch the ground, you know? Everything's a little bit in the shade because of the, of the smoke, the smog, the atmosphere, it's so thick. You can't really see uh, into the horizon, you know, how many buildings is there. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty claustrophobic, even though, you know, it's a giant city, but if you look really far away, you can't really see where it ends because of the atmosphere. Chris did a great job on the day atmosphere and it looks very, very uh, unhealthy, I would say, to be there in that atmosphere for very long. VFX, uh, they did a great job with, uh, especially the, the, the chimneys, uh, the amounts of smoke that the industrial zones are creating. It really emphasizes the, uh, the pollution aspect to uh, how they do business in Hurston. Lighting definitely with the new atmosphere looks uh, really much uh, different and really showcases uh, the, the ominous feeling of the city. The whole composition of the city works true uh, with lighting just hand in hand. Without lighting, like everything looks a bit flat. And so it's very important in that process to bring kind of the final look, to bring it alive from what the concept art originally kind of said about the location. The biggest change from the old Orville to the new is the scale of those buildings and they feel much more integrated, uh, lifelike as a city. And that was one of the reasons um, at the beginning why we wanted to um, to change Lorville was to get like that proper scale throughout the city and that feeling that uh, basically can make you feel like it's a real city. Making the buildings at the correct scale can enable us later to create interiors for those buildings. And so in that sense, Lorville will be ready for that. Getting close to the city, like especially while flying, like the, the feeling um, is just so great. We've lowered the restricted zone as much as we can. And we can really get close to the buildings now. The size of those windows are like true to real life size of windows, the scale of things feels like really good. Level design definitely also pl plays a role in, inside the city. We try to make sure that uh, players, if they want to fly their ship around buildings or into some of these uh, areas that we call trenches, level design reminded us to, you know, keep some openings so that players can move around them easily. On our side, we also made sure that you can navigate in some of those uh, structures, uh, those trenches. You can do slaloms over uh, around those pipelines and, you know, may maybe some of those uh, those areas could become potential racetracks for the future, you know? Lorville will have like racing opportunities, I think, because that now there's like tunnels, there's uh, cranes, there's sky bridges, there's like big straddle frames, and these can create target points for basically for racing. For 
me, the greatest thing was seeing the team come together and pitch ideas and um, deliver on those, uh, those challenges and those ideas. It's been a lot of work from every department and especially in lighting, I think it's been a big project that we've worked on. And there's so much details that's been put on every one of these areas. And I think it, uh, I'll be really excited to see how people react to this. I think it's something that people have been expecting for a long time. I think for the player, you know, uh, the fact that we can go around these areas, whether it's land vehicles or, uh, you know, we're using spaceships, fly around those, these uh, structures. I think it's gonna be a, a good experience, yeah. I hope the players appreciate uh, the new Lorville just the, the sheer scale and that it feels like you can see Lorville from Avery's uh, uh, station. So it makes it like a big impact, I think. All right, my friend, um, there's a lot there. Um, I'm just gonna mention two things and uh, I'll leave you to talk about the rest of it because this is your home base. I know you, you definitely know a lot about it. Um, there are two things and you highlighted this to me, which I missed out on in the lore when it came to the new layout and design. And they talked about how they, that the city now is spread out further. You know, before we used to just kind of have that central part of the city, then it was a big gap. And then there were a couple of like smaller structures that were, they were big, but they were like, they looked like other types of facilities that were out there, but it wasn't connected. You know, they had these weird rail lines that went out there, but there's nothing that ran on them. But now they've designed this thing where there's these huge, pipelines and all this stuff that flows out and you explained to me that Lorville was laid out and it is laid out there's a reason why it's laid out the way it is the inner you guys forgive me for using these terms i'm just trying to fish for words here plus i'm tired the inner city the area that's near the cbd is where those who are more affluent and wealthy reside all the buildings with the cool lighting on them the glass the ones that have the they've got the arboretums on the top where fresh air is generated all of that is where the folks with the cash live, okay? And as you get further out, you start to notice all that glitz and stuff starts to disappear and things start to kind of look a little bland. Well, that's where the average worker, the baghead, that's where Sorry, they the, the workers. They call the workers. <laughs> the enslaved. That's where that's where they reside. And then when you continue to go out to the spidery fingers, that's where they work. That's where the cauldrons are. And you see the cargo areas and all that stuff. That's where they work. So the, the people who are comfy live within the comfort of that central area where the gold statues are, the CBD, things of that nature. But mm -hmm. then as it progresses out, it, you know, it moves out. So there's an, there's an economy. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's based into that. The second thing I want you to elaborate on, which we didn't talk about, is talking about Maria Pure of Heart. So I'm gonna put it in your hands at this point. You can talk about whatever you want to from there about Lorville. And first of all, how did you feel about the update, the 2.0? You know, how did you feel about it? Oh, I love the update. I love the it. It finally, uh, it, it it finally gave light to what Magda uh, Magda's vision was mm -hmm. um, for the city, mm -hmm. uh, at, at, at least in my expectation of of the lore. Um, you know, it is uh, Lorville itself has a rich, rich, rich. Uh, history in terms of its beginnings, why it came out, its etymology and things like that. Lorville is almost se it's, it's 70 plus years old. It was created in 2877. 2877, I believe we're now in the 2953 mm -hmm. year, I believe. Mm -hmm. So that's about that's about 73 years that mm -hmm. it was created. Um, and uh, part of that, 
you know, uh, Magda convinced her father, Chesterfield, um, to create this city. It was after Aberdeen was able to give us the antimatter, um, the antimatter weapons. Mm -hmm. It was after that that Lowville needed to expand and have a central location for its workers. Mm. So they moved also Magda convinced her father Chesterfield to buy Hurston and build one central location, a Lowville, a local occupational residency. That's what Lower is, L-O-R. Mm. And you see that in Lowville's first name, Lowville. Mm. We don't know who came up with that term. We don't know if it was Magda. We don't know if it was Chesterfield. Mm. We don't know. But we know that Lowerville, L-O-R, means local occupational uh, residency because Magda wanted to consolidate all the workers into one city, into one area. Mm -hmm. Hence, Lowerville was created in 1287. It's interesting because as Lowerville was being built, Magda was, you know, she took a little bit of leave of absence because she had, she was giving birth to her first first child, Gavin. Mm. Um, so... Uh, so Lowerville comes comes into uh, the, in, into fray. Magda uh, uh, then uh, has the, the plan to go ahead and expand the city and build what we call the CBD, the Central Business District. And the Central Business District is where all the rich and the wealthy and, and there are four districts, I believe, in Lowerville. One is the CBD Central Business District that houses the Central Train Station, Archibald's uh, Hurston's um, Memorial ha um, Hall, uh, the Hurston Dynamic Flagship Store. You have talk about where all the restaurants mm -hmm. and shops are going to be. The transfer commodity exchange mm -hmm. so that's the cbd then you have the workers district the cbd by the way any building that has a gold stripe from what cig said or at least i hope i got this right any building that has a big old huge gold stripe or gold color on the side of it is where the wealthy are mm -hmm. okay and you see those tall businesses even origin has a place how about that mm -hmm. up in that place um the other area the other districts where we see all those factories and all those uh you know it's, it's a polluted area guys mm -hmm. um uh is the workers district you'll see levin's uh, levin's in square residence i mean l19 residences are also there uh, it's a 60 player hab i believe uh oil production quad is there mcintyre and victor's bar is there tammany and sons reclamation disposal maria pure heart is also all, uh, there as well um and you know levison station that hasn't opened us to us yet but that's up there you have tisa's spaceport Mm -hmm. um that that's also there and then you have these city gates these city gates there are about six city gates up there that takes you around the city and uh, around the uh the perimeter of what we call shanty towns mm -hmm. okay over there in lorville and it's gates one gate two gate three gate four gate five and gate six mm -hmm. um so that's that's just the basics of 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 Hurston's, of lorville's jurisdiction mm -hmm. um but once again they wanted to they wanted a central hub to bring all of its workers so this is where they have brought all their under, uh, under the life labor contract mm. okay okay um there are some players and, and and someone made a very good point here i don't know if it was goji again someone said forgive me guys because i got to go back in the chat here um Geez, where'd it go? Okay, it was, uh, yeah, it was Daigoji. He said, there's one thing worth saying about these persistent gaming, uh, persistent gaming as a service platform, seeing the landscape evolve and there were des design challenges, but it is strange as someone here from 2012 to see that there will be people that were never there back in the day. A Ooh. legacy of persistent storytelling as the game evolves. Stories new gamers will hear of the older Lorville first entering the planets as they took that they take for granted. Us looking at the future version of the city and remembering its roots. 
And I'm saying that because one of the things that was promised, and again, guys, next week we're doing the show on visions, dreams, and reality, um, is the Lordville has now moved into a space based on CIG's development of its technologies, where there's a freedom of moving around in Lorville, where before Lorville was restricted. All you could do was fly to the spaceport and go in. You could not fly down low in the property. In fact, when we went to the Gates Colossal, remember back in the day, you would get that orange force field that would pop up and you had to park way, way away from the gates and then run all the way in because you couldn't get close to the city, you know? And and then and that was put well after the city came out, right? Right, right, right. Came out, right. You know, but, there were some areas that were invisible restricted areas, and yeah. then we saw a visible restricted right. area that right. was really restricted that gave us a tunnel where we could come in and where right. we could leave out, it, right? right? But now, they, yeah. but I'm saying because the tech has evolved, people will not know that there was a time where you couldn't fly in over Lorville. Is my point? You know, like right now we've got we've got game game lore based restrictions. Like for example, you told me about this when you're flying in past the CBD. You get too close to that building, they tell you you got what fifteen seconds <laughs> to get seconds. away from the building. I, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, a couple seconds. You know, I, yeah, I, I love that. I hope that they do something that actually has. I, I hate to say this, but it would be better to get shot down out of the sky than just to be, you know, your ship get impounded. I would love to. You get too close to that building, you know, they, they're like they're protecting that building. You know what I mean? The CBD is the heart of that area. And if you decide you want to do some sightseeing or something like that too close to that building without authorization, as far as I'm concerned, they can nail you. But that's that's a whole nother thing. But I, I do like this evolution of it and how, like he said, the lore is starting to match up with the look of it. You Because know, I didn't connect the lore based on the previous design. But now when I look at it, and especially after you explained it to me, I'm like, Oh, this all makes sense. The other thing that we saw Colossal is that Lorville has depth to it. It's not on this one plane. Now, when you go out and look, you can see there are multiple levels. And in, 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 in my understanding, aren't there levels or depths to Lorville as well? Uh, yeah, there are levels and depths to Lorville. I mm -hmm. mean, as the new Lorville 2.0, you can actually fly through a couple of buildings. Mm -hmm. um, uh, there are certain levels and depths. I mean, if you if you jump on the gateways and go to the gates and go to uh, you know gate one and gate six and gate mm -hmm. two and stuff like that, you'll be able to be a part of those levels. Um, yeah, but I'm saying, but there's there subterraneans. I mean, when you look down now, you can yes. see like the, you know what I mean? It goes down. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's not just at yeah. the surface level. Before, it just kind of all looked like it was surface level, but now it's like. They've created a lot of depth to it now, not just yeah, height. And the height's there too, by the way. Yeah, correct. And I don't know how much they're, they're planning on going down, you know, in, into Lorville. I'm quite sure they'll put some DLCs and maybe in, mm. in, the, in the future that allow us to go to, you know, almost some like Coruscant or things like that and yeah. so forth. Yeah, Ooh, boy, that'd be great. That'd be you great. know, because I I, I want to see those workers, you know, down there with their masks and things like that and so forth. <laughs> you know, working hard. Oh my God, y'all. He's too much with this everybody working stuff on Lorville. But hey, that's his home. That's that's where he loves to be. Okay. It's a grandiose building, you know. Yeah. We, look, and people are going to appreciate it, including the rich and the wealthy, when they finally open up that top tier of the CBD to yeah. allow those, those nice little ships to come in. Yeah. And you guys get to see the glory, the majesty of all that gold. I mean, uh, the Hearst and well, um, I would consider um, living the there if I lived in the nicer part of the town. I don't know about that outside area. And I'm curious to see how CIG will tier people being able to have residences at places, you know, whether it's based on, can you afford to live here? You know, you basically live where you can afford to be. So, and I could see why Lorville, and you know, for a lot of people, Lorville is great because, or Hurston is great in general, because it's the most central planet in the system. So if they yeah. want to get to any of the other planets, whether it's for trade or whatever they're doing, 
you're literally just a minute away. When I'm, I live in R Corp, and for me to get to Microtech is 59 million kilometers. It's long. It's a, it's a, it's a nice little ride. From Hurston, it's half that time, and you know it's yeah. much faster. You know, so there are benefits, even though you may not like the small gal. If you like getting around in the system pretty quickly, uh, and especially to Colossal's point, um, the, the, they're really about economics there, the business district there. If, if your thing is about trade and stuff, you may find that Lorville's the place in, in, in Stanton or Hurston is the place that you want to be. You know? Yeah, now just just a couple of extra things. You know, uh, uh, Lorville was the first place to give us an IAE. It was the first mm. place, right? Yeah. Uh, and it should have been an IAE oh, this year. Oh, yeah, you still salty I mean, about come that. On, yeah, oh, come God. on, CIG. Lorville, I mean, Lorville 2.0 comes out, and you hold it back over that. Microtech, are you uh, serious? R-Corp, he ended R-Corp. Uh, yeah, yeah, R-Corp, yeah. Yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah. You should have brought it back home to where home was supposed to be and let everybody see the majesty of Lorville 2.0. But we'll wait because it could be there next IAE, I hope. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, okay. We might move over to Prime Rome. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> We'll see. That's all I'm going to say about that is we'll see. Okay. Awesome. 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 Um, let's go ahead and we got some questions, if that's okay. Let's hit those real quick. Uh, we've got a question from Pops in Space. He says, when and why does Colossal love Hurston? Why do you love Hurston? Uh, um, that's a good question. Um, I, I first read the lore when I read the lore about Hurston uh, and read what it was supposed to be like and things like that. I was I, I thought that Hurston was going to be one of the first places that would actually give us uh, a a dynamic weather system, uh, and it didn't happen. That happened over there, I believe, at Microtech, I believe, right? Where we, where we at least saw the clouds, and we saw the clouds. We didn't see a weather system yet. We saw the clouds, uh, the cloud tech. Um, and, I, and because of Hurston was supposed to give us uh, 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 things like an unstable atmosphere in terms of the conditions and things like that, I thought yeah. Hurston was going to be that first place to give us that. So I fell in love with the lore the more I read it uh, and the more I got into with what CIG was putting out with the Tavaran world, with the connections with the UEE, with the connections with the Tavarans and the Banu and the Hurston family. It just came to be that I just liked based off of what was going on in Staten, I felt that the Hurstons to me were probably the most successful. Okay. Um, other than other than Microtech and its invention of the of the Moby Glass, I felt that the Hurstons was was were the most successful. Um, and I rather stick with a family that can go ahead and, and give us uh, a good military than a family that can give us trinkets. Okay. Now and I, things I, like that and stuff. I'm going to talk about something in relation to gameplay and game design. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. There have been some people. If y'all in the room, y'all, I ain't picking on you. I'm just I'm just echoing what I've heard in sentiments. There are some people who don't like Hurston because they say it's difficult to fly into. You know, you come in and you've got very low ceilings on the clouds. And even when you break through the clouds, there's sometimes, for lack of a better term, smog, um, that makes it even more difficult to come in. And uh, for some people, they don't like it. They, they, they've voiced the, I don't like that they have that, I wish they'd take it out. I'm one of those people, even being an R Corp, where I find the weather challenging. Uh, maybe it's because I have an aviation background. My attitude about going in is, yeah, it's not VFR, it's IFR. We, of course, we don't have the instrument stuff to help us land, but my point is you have to be careful when you don't have good visibility and it makes it challenging. And I'm sure there are people who would love to just be able to fly right into Lorville, you know what I mean? And land immediately. But you do have to be careful when you're flying into Lorville. How do you feel about that out that external design? You know, when you look at all the rising smoke the clouds the fog everything else how do you feel about it 
it's no less uh, it's no less sa uh, safe than than our court. I mean, flying to that big old building, the tallest building they got up there. <laughs> that, 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 that <laughs> I mean, to me, her, uh, uh, Lawrenceville, Hurston area, it's safer to fly into than our court. I'm sorry, uh, it, 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 and, you know, at least we can find a, a, the spaceport. But um, <laughs> you know, it's 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 it, uh, uh, every planet, every 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 planet, every company is going to have its challenges. Okay. So, um, I mean, it, just learn how to, I would say, look at the other types of ways you can fly in there. Don't fly in there too hot. Yeah. You know, Hearst is one of those places where you're going to have to slow down. Yeah. It's got good security. So, um, it, you know, I, I haven't seen that many people get shot up in the atmosphere, although I, I've seen it, especially when it first came out, guys. Mm -hmm. It was difficult to get out of the atmosphere. People trying to fly out of there with big ships yeah. and other pirates coming in there and taking advantage because you know how long, how difficult it was to get out of orbit, mm -hmm. um, get into, um, get into space at one point. Um, but just use your sensors. I mean, use your scanning. And you'll be able to see the outlay of the land. As soon as you find the CBD, you're good. Yeah. As soon as you find a CBD, even in the daytime. Um, so it's not as difficult as you think. Just slow down your ship, uh, do your ping, and, and see where TESA spaceport is and the CBD and make your course adjustments. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's what I say. All right. We've got one other question, and this is not related to um, uh, Hurston's to show, but it is in relation to Soul Citizens. And uh, this was from, uh, was it uh, Dres Drazen? I guess it's Drazen. Um, will Soul Citizens be represented at CitizenCon, or in other words, will you be attending? Uh, yeah, Drazen, there are a few of us that are going to be attending. I know that uh, FastCard is going. Uh, I'm going. Big Black Gaming is going. Yo-Yo Meg is going. And I think that's it. If I'm not mistaken. Uh DK's not going. I don't think DK's oh, okay. going. Yeah, I think I think that's it. Um so yeah, uh New Souls, you say you su submitted a question. It is not here on the list. Uh so I'm sorry if I missed it, but it has not popped up. Um let's see. New message. Okay. Give me one second here. Let me shut that down and open it up again. Let's see if it's there. Would you uh, like to talk about Maria Purifart while you're doing that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't get to talk about that just because we were over time. Please do. Please talk about oh, it. Oh, yeah. So Maria spent much of her childhood uh, childhood in, impoverished and living in a tenement high-rise high rise in Jada. After having their family legacy destroyed, the working family became staunch anti-measure activists. So in, in 1279, uh, 12, uh, 2792, at the age of 15, Maria was photographed along her parents celebrating the overthrow of the Mexican regime in the streets of Jada. Uh, she would become a spectrum celebrity overnight. Maria would go, to, go on to utilize this newfound fame to call a variety of progressive issues to lift her family out of poverty. Uh, and um, because of this work, uh, the Hurstons uh, basically named the hospital after her and her efforts at basically, you know, for uh, uh, progressive issues dealing with the family. So Maria Arts is a hospital in Hurston, um, and it talks about uh, 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 taking care of yourself. Uh, there are announcements that go on throughout the hospital. A lot of the times uh, it's located in the, F, in the F019 uh, pro, pro, uh, production quad district, uh, which is where the residents pretty much are. Um, and it was constructed from 2181 to 2889. Over 50,000 patients were admitted 
during its first year of operations <laughs> is equipped with an intensive care unit ward, an insurance vending stall, a pharmacy, an ambulance pad, and the like. So good health is the foundation upon which all successful endeavors are built. From Maria Hurst. Yeah, yeah, in other words, uh, 50,000 people went there because of the bad health uh, conditions on that planet. <laughs> let's, let's call it for what it is, okay? Uh, you didn't um, say all that. I was trying to stay away from that. Yeah, yeah, you thought they went there because they had a great health plan. No, that wasn't yeah. it. They went there because they yeah. needed to go to the hospital. Uh, and, and believe you me, the messages, if you've ever walked through Maria Pure of Heart, as pretty as it is as a hospital, it does have a slightly oppressive feel to it. It's not bright and shiny. It's dark and glossy and they encourage you to get back to work as soon as possible so that's all i'm going to say about that at least the facility is cleaner than other parts of hurston oh i true it's it's a step above grim hex i agree with you i'll say that (laughs) but yeah it's uh no it's a lot better than grim hex grim hex is really really bad you really don't want to wake up in grim hex for those of you who've done that before it's like waking up in a nightmare um but anyway, okay, listen, we, we're, getting ready, we're getting ready to wrap things up. Um, you, you, you all, hey, give Colossal a round of applause, y'all, in chat. He he did a great job doing the research on this. There's a lot, a lot of information. Uh, as we mentioned, see, we haven't touched on everything. There was another thing that was asked. Um, Fist to Face asked whether you could elaborate a little bit more about Darrington Hurston, the one with the... You know, the thing with the uh, rail gun, you know, the thing that where they kind of messed up and some people got killed. And that's why that second son who uh, kind of messed up the Hurston's thing. If you want to elaborate on that a little bit. And who gave us the bits? Chooch, thank you. 500 bits. Thank you so much. You see his question, Colossal? What is it? What is it? Oh, uh, he says, can you talk about Darrington Hurston, the big F up that you, you, that you glossed over a little bit that killed several UEE personnel? The real well, gun thing. There are sometimes that things need to be taken off and stricken from every book and tablet. So that's one conversation <laughs> that needs to be taken off the book and tablets. <laughs> there's some revisionist history going on here. Uh, uh, new soul. Just so you'll know, some, they don't want to talk about some of the failures of the Hurston family. But uh, I, I would ooh, never let's... claim Solomon's kids to be failures. Oh, that's one of Solomon's God. kids. Daigoji, thank you for the five community subs. Y'all give some thanks to Daigoji if you guys received uh, one of his <laughs> gifts. Of... Okay, what we will challenge you guys to do is look that up on Darrington because we do have to kind of wrap things up a little bit here. And thank you for that sub again, Daigoji. Uh, we really appreciate you being here. And, I, and we have been noticing your comments in chat tonight. You've been yeah. you've been keeping me smiling with some of the stuff you've been saying, which Griff, has been pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Hey, Griff, I will say it, it, it's, it, the, what he did was he decided to do what every uh, 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 horrible um, uh, owner does, which is try to skip corners. Yes, um, when he when he was building stuff and it caused some major accidents yeah, and things like that. So that's why um, uh, her, uh, Solomon had to move him over to the side and bring in Isaiah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was uh, there was some a little bit of tragedy there, but that's a whole nother story. Okay, well, listen. Uh, again, thank you, Colossal. Great, great stuff that you share with us tonight. Let's talk about what we've got coming up. Oh, there's a couple things we can talk about. Uh, thing number one: uh, City of Chicago. If you are in the Midwest, if you're in Indiana, if you're in Minnesota, if you're in Milwaukee, St. Louis, any of those places like that, Springfield, uh, we are going to be whole, whole, attending another uh, Chicago Bar Citizen. It's being sponsored by. Um, Maiden Ariana from the Yacht Club. Uh, it's going to be held at Two Fools Cider, which we were attending at back in November uh, in Naperville, Illinois. And Naperville's about, without traffic, 25-minute ride from downtown Chicago, maybe 30-minute ride. Um, but if you're in the area and you would like to come out, 
we will be there. We will be joining her and hopefully just have a great time with some folks at a in-person bar citizen that's going to be on July, Saturday, July 29th. That's in two weeks. So any of you guys want to be out there, there's a barcode there. If you check our Twitter, uh, we will have some stuff popping up there from time to time if you want to register for it. Or you can just look up Maiden Ariana and uh, she'll be able to help you out and you'll be able to find it. And it's also on the uh, barcitizen.sc website if you want to get the information there. Okay. So that's one thing we got coming up. Uh, we want to remind you guys that we do have merchandise. If you guys want to check into our merchandise, we have stuff both with the Streamlabs store uh, and uh, what's the other store we're at? Uh, Designed by Humans. Uh, check out the stuff. We've got some really cool stuff. It helps us with things we want to do. Uh, to your point about us going to CitizenCon this year, uh, we do. We are trying to have a table while we're there, and it does cost money for us to do that. Not to get the table. CIG is not charging us for that but to be able to supply some giveaways and things like that for folks who come over, want to know more about us. So if you guys want to be able to sponsor us for that, we're going to have some sponsorship coming up a little bit later for that, for people who may want to sponsor us being at that event. Last but not least, uh, let's talk about what we've got coming up. Ooh, got my graphics all crazy there. Uh, Soul Talk, Fast Car, I mean, uh, I'm gonna say Fast Car. Colossal, why don't you talk about that? I'll talk about voices and I'll talk about next week's show. So yeah, I understand we're missing fast carts jokes. Yeah, so I, I know. No, it. we're not missing them. We just don't have them. There's a big <laughs> difference. <laughs> so on Thursday, let me go ahead and make sure I uh, pop this. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we got you. Yep. Okay. You're good. Uh, Thursdays, we have our Soul Talk at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock uh, Central. Uh, and that is where our beloved host, one of our uh, co-hosts, Fast Cart, comes in. And he has a panel of Soul, uh, Soul Citizens crew members. And they come in and they talk about uh, 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 what's going on with uh, CIG, the new things at CIG, anything that CIG puts out, they talk about that. They do also do machinimas as, also as, uh, as well on Thursday. So come in uh, and, uh, and watch that with us on Thursdays, 9 p.m. Eastern. On Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern is Soul Voices, where we get to have the first of what we call a, tr a, a podcast, a, tr a tree podcast, a tri podcast, where Soul Voices starts off, followed by Paul Shelley, and then ending up with uh, Relay. Mm -hmm. uh, Soul Voices uh, comes in. Sometimes uh, the player haters um, pops in every now and then. <laughs> Uh, we just had our 50th show uh, either what last week or a couple weeks ago, Chris, yeah. I believe. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, so that that was a, a good, a big deal for for us as well. We talk about uh, things in the verse as well. We bring in uh, the community as well. It's not just uh, so um, so citizens um, uh, uh, co-host. It's, it's people from the community. So please feel free to come in and tell your friends to pop in on Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern, to join us in Soul Voices, where we get to go ahead and read excerpts from Reddit and uh, and other parts of the community as well. And then on Sunday, you want me to read that, Griffin? No, nah, I'll talk Sunday. about that one. Yeah, okay. that's kind of a weird show. I kind of alluded to it a little bit for you guys earlier. We're going to be doing <clears throat> a show called Vis Star Citizen Visions, Dreams, and Reality. I forgot the S there. Um, and if you want to kind of know what that show is going to be about, it's going to be talking about the vision of Star Citizen that Chris Roberts puts out, you know, whether it's through the newsletters, whether it's through the ISCs or SELs, 10 for Chairman, uh, the citizen cons, you know, the things that he says that this is my vision of what I want to see happen. Then there's going to be the dreams part. And the dreams part is on us, the players. <laughs> you know, once we see the vision, what are the dreams that we come up with when we think the game's going to be? And then we're going to take those two and talk about the reality. You know, what does it turn into? What does that vision and dream turn into in real time? Both from what we've received in the past as well as what we can expect in the future. So that's going to be next week's show. So hopefully you guys will be able to join us for that. 
Okay. Um, other than that, I think we have wrapped up just about everything that we could wrap up. I do want to say a special thanks to everyone today who hung out with us to hear a lot of us, me and Colossal, talking about a lot of lore, a lot of information about the Hurston system. Don't forget, this is a new series. Each month, we will be taking on a new uh, system to talk about. So the next month, we move progressively as we've gotten them. We're going to start out with, we start out with uh, Hurston. Next month, we'll be talking about Arcorp. The following month, after that Microtech. And then lastly, we'll be talking about Crusader. So hopefully you guys will be able to join us. I think it'll be the third Sunday of every month we'll be doing those for that series. Um, other than that, I think that's about it. Special thanks to those of you who followed. If you were new here today, thank you guys for coming over. Those of you who subscribed, those of you who gave bits, those of you watching on YouTube, we don't, we haven't forgotten about you. Thank you so much for watching and tuning in. And we really appreciate you guys over there too. We see your comments from, from time to time pop in over here. Um, I think tonight we're going to go with a different person. We're going to go with Brew and Pew. Brew and Pew. Uh, when we get over there with Brew and Pew, let them know that you came over from the Soul Citizens. Uh, if you like what you see, of course, follow them. Give them some encouragement. Uh, but until next time, hopefully we'll see you guys on next Thursday on Soul Talk and again on next Sunday uh, for uh, Visions, Dreams, and Reality. Until then, as always, Colossal, thanks so much, man. Appreciate you. We home, Lordville. Oh, Lord. <laughs> All right, y'all. Peace, love, and soul. We'll see you soon. Take care. <laughs> there we go. <laughs>